Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash radio, and you can get access to over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. don't have corkscrew penises but ducks do ostriches do have corkscrew penises how so wait what do they do they look like a pinwheel when they're fucking doing the banging no 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 she the point of it right is that (laughs) i just pictured them spinning like a righty tighty lefty lucy yeah no but um the, the reason for it is that if a female duck doesn't want to be penetrated um Hers goes in like a counterclockwise sort of spiral and like the penis goes clockwise. And so when it's time for mating, the female changes it from counterclockwise to clockwise. It's some weird genetic thing. Yeah. And the duck's penis like explodes out of its body. It's like a fucking like it comes out like it's fucking come out of a potato gun. Why the fuck do you guys like know this stuff? Turbo shaft engine. I don't know. It came out of the I'm, last election. I'm looking it up. Wait, what? Wait, hold yeah. on. Wait, wait, wait. What kind of elections? Did you elect a duck? No, no. <laughs> the U.S. elections is what I'm trying to say. Dude, there is a fucking <laughs> duck somewhere in Alaska that is a mayor of the city. You're not. <laughs> no, that's that not is a real fucking bullshit. thing. That is a real fucking thing. Are we recording this? What the fuck? We've been. No, we totally been. Oh, really? Fucking A just, right. God damn it. I just... I Episode just wanted, end. I yeah, just, might as well. I point. just wanted to share with you guys my favorite new drink. I fucking discovered uh, lime cucumber uh, from Gatorade. No. Oh, my God. No, it's not. I've had that. That tastes like I imagine the sweat between my, my balls and my fat leg are tasting like... Dude, leg and your fat balls taste like fucking three-year-old bacon grease. That's what I'm saying. That's what that tastes like. No, but no, Dude, it's mom. gross. It's gross as shit. You're fucking gross. It is gross. That's like that's like when people get a drink that has like you know like a, a chili pepper in it or you know uh, just oh, man you don't do that you don't do it. <laughs> yeah. No, dude, it's it's fucking amazing. I can't get enough of it. Mmm, this is refreshing. It is. Ugh, no, it's, it's not. It's like it's like drink it's like drinking a nice rejuvenating chalice of health. It's like it's like fucking it's it's like a bottle of eternal youth. Oh, God, it's so gross. Seriously. Chalice of health I, or chalice, fucking, chalice of ball sweat. I don't know. Like like there's I no real buddy. middle ground there. They don't sell it around here at all. Like literally, do not sell it in our neck of the woods. Uh, oh, one of my buddies brought it back because he, he takes business trips to Mexico, and he, I think he either got in Mexico or he got like around there, like down south. And he brought it back, and it's it's the worst thing. It's he took he took two sips, I think just as a point, just to kind of keep it there. He keeps it on his like on his like, actual dresser, and just sits there. 
He didn't, he didn't refrigerate, didn't throw it away. He just keeps it there just to know this is a thing that exists and people are dumb. That's such a waste. I've gone through Gatorade. like fucking 10 bottles. That's the grossest thing I've ever heard in my life. I, <laughs> oh God. Dude, no. Did you try it? I did. And it's horrible. Oh, I, don't, I just don't believe you though. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, cucumber, lime, Gatorade. Oh, when did, when did we, wait, hold on. What was the last thing that we disagreed on that had to do with beverage How or food? How the fuck would you drink a cucumber? See? That's what I'm saying. No, dude, you blend it in fucking juicing. Now, dude, now, now, you, you crazy you're crazy shit. You don't juice a vegetable. You give me a corn line. What the fuck is wrong with you guys, dude? Yes, everybody juices, dude. They, like, some people just live off of juicing. And, you, and sometimes it looks like you're drinking fucking swamp things, so I, yeah, I can't that, always confound it. The motherfucker who lived to, like, 120 had fucking lived off of juice. He juiced a fucking potato. Yeah. Honestly, though, if you could get me a Gatorade that was, like, corn line Gatorade, I, I, I could see doing that, maybe. Corn lime? What the fuck? Yeah, course, corn, yeah. man. Cor- corn's a state. That Ohio state of mind. Exactly. You put corn in anything. I'm from Florida. It's all about oranges. Oranges okay. and strawberries. All right, all right. Here's a real question. Real talk for you. Pulp or no pulp? Dude, pulp. Ah. We're back on this again. No pulp. No pulp, man. Thank no you. Pulp. You're from Florida and you're saying yes. that? Yeah, know, no right? pulp. You, you don't get to go back. Sorry. <laughs> Who would want to? <laughs> right? oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I also don't want to go back because of, the, because of the fucking bugs the size of my fist. But that's besides the point. Mostly it's because of the no pulp, you're correct. Mostly because of the fact that I don't like pulp in my orange juice. Yep. And you don't like crystal meth, so you're not allowed to go back for that oh. either. No. What are you both fucking doing no. living in the Midwest then? Meth might as well be a commodity there. No, it's, all about no, the it's, her- it's heroin. Yeah, yeah it's all about oh. the heroin. <laughs> Jesus, I fucking I apologize. I'm gonna go back to my capital of stolen cars of the United States of America now. If you'll excuse me, <laughs> which is fucking really <laughs> odd. It's such an odd fact. I just I don't I just don't understand it. I don't know. Modesto is is such a fucking uh, it's just a it's such a hodgepodge of a fucking city. And you know what? Like it, it if you only have seen the city up close once. It really, like, there's there's absolutely no surprise as to why or how, like, the fucking George Lucas would be born and raised there, or Scott Peterson would do what he does. Like, the fucking people there, they're like children of the corn, except they grow up. So, like, I, I don't know. become even creepier. Yes! Mm-hmm. Fucking, it's, it's so bad. Oh, man. But you know what? You know what sounds like fucking beautiful, beautiful music to my ears? The, the music special. <laughs> I was going to the say, music... the, the theme song? or no, Segway. Just, yeah, it's just the music oh. special that we're recording. This is Press yeah. Pause Radio. We're so and... damn good at the show. Oh, God fucking. Damn. Dude, it, it hurts. It hurts so good. That's true. Uh, but yeah, no, we're going we're gonna to talk to you guys about what we think is some of the most choice fucking music, some choice licks for your fucking ear holes. Uh, this generation, the seventh generation of video games. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That one. That's the one we're going to talk about. So, um, strap on your whatevers and your who's it's and <laughs> Strap on. Strap it on. That's a fucking theme song.
Radio. All right, well, welcome to Press Pause Radio. Yep, yep. Uh, and uh, episode 76, I believe. Yeah, we're we're recording episode 76. But, um, you know, I counted, and we're, like, at 106 strong. Like, if you count all the fucking show, uh, uh, specials and shit. Yeah. Yeah. But mm. it's almost like you don't have to count those. Well, you can count the games clubs. Those are kind of fun. I don't know. What was my least favorite games club? I don't remember what it was. It was probably Ikaruga. Uh, I kind of had fun doing Ikaruga. There was one that I was just like, <clears throat> I don't know. I fucking, who cares? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Real talk. I like yeah, it. Yeah. Let's just, let's just get the show started. All right. So we have my very fucking tasteless friend to the right. His name is Andrew. I, I- can't. I can't re- recall what exactly what else we we just couldn't could not agree on that that he just did not share the fucking I think it's salt and vinegar chips but I think oh that's it that is what it is fucking gross those things are gross See, Wait, thank you y'all? they're Come fucking on. disgusting if my wife eats salt and vinegar chips she stays the fuck away from me for the rest of the night <laughs> you go away fucking no, get awesome. away I'm you guys you're fucking all terrible I think you guys all have something against the tang. Like, there's just well, wow. anything that has, like, this exotic tang, anything that's out of your fucking comfortable fucking barrier of cholesterol and American processed yeah, bullshit. Fucking like right, licking right. a walrus's balls. What the fuck? Yeah. To me, it just sounds like you like the taste of urine. That's what all that stuff that you're eating and drinking tastes like urine. Then then riddle me this. Uh, okay. Dill pickle chips. What up? Uh, I never had them. I'm not. Uh, well, okay, I'm going off of the fact that dill pickle sunflower seeds are fucking. They're just obnoxious. It's too much pickle. I like dill pickles, but that's about it. But to be fair, though, the dill pickle. Wait, hold on. Is there no dill pickle chips down there? No, we... just dill pickle sunflower seeds. Son of a bitch. First ketchup chips, now dill pickle chips. What? Who in their right mind would make ketchup we've chips? Got, we've got dill pickle taste chips. Like ketchup, but it's no, so good. We don't have ketchup chips. We have we have catsup chips. Oh, yeah, man. that's the same, thing. the same thing. No, I don't think it is. No, no catsup is just somebody who can't say ketchup because they have a speech impediment. <laughs> no, catsup is more water, less tomato. Ketchup is more tomato, less water. Ha! Huh. Is that See, really the difference? No, no, no. Hold on. That's this not... was this was like fucking. How many licks does it take to get to the center of a tootsie roll? Fucking thing that like you just you just don't know it. I'm fucking. I'm I'm like I don't know. Twenty seven. And I I've never been able to find what the difference is. I just really thought it was a. It was a tomato tomato sort of fucking uh, culture around it, roof roof sort of thing. And you're you're trying to explain to me that there is a distinctual, physical fucking tangible difference between the two. Yes. Yes. Where where do you find ketchup? Where do uh, I? I'm, I'm going on Amazon. I, I, I'm looking. <laughs> Hold on. I'm trying to find what's the difference. I don't I don't think there is. I just I I don't know. I just feel like some fucking backwater Louisiana guy just like cats up born and raised no that's a thing up here too though right I don't, I don't know are there hillbillies in Canada all the oh you don't even know there's <laughs> so many hillbillies up here we'll see man I, I'll take my hillbillies over your hillbillies any day yeah yours yours are the more extreme hillbillies okay that's good at least we're good at something <laughs> we, we've got hillbillies eh you know so, no, no, uh, wait, no, dude, their hillbillies are the kind from that one show, uh, Trailer, Trailer Boys? Trailer Park Boys, yeah. Oh, Park Boys. That's, that's Canadian yeah. hillbilly right there. Hmm. Yep. It's like a cross between a hillbilly and a gangster. 
<laughs> it's weird. Actually pretty yeah. awesome. Oh, yeah. God. No, it it sounds like Juggalo. No. no. Don't you do it. Hey, talking about no. Juggalos. <laughs> no, no. You want to talk about no, Juggalos some more? No, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> I think this conversation ends here. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. You did it. I do what I can with what I'm given. Oh, dude, hold on. There was uh, one dude, though. I, I just have to talk about this, though. There was one dude, though, with a fucking ICP tattoo, but it was um, it, it was fucking awful because it was literally like that shitty little Running Man logo. I don't I don't know. Fucking I don't even know what to call him. But Hatchman. all that art. See, see, you're already you've already. I know too down much. A yeah, true. you strayed down a path. I fucking I have feared too long to fucking even approach. But it, it's it's that shitty tattoo on his wrist. And it's just WW, then that shitty tattoo, and then D, and all of, and then it's just so funny because it's it's a fucking parody over what would Jesus do, mm. but but there's there's no acronym dots or anything, and one of the W's looks like a fucked up U, and like I think <laughs> at one point like whoever was tattooing him was fucking drunk, and like was trying to make a P instead of a D, and then he tried to even it out by like doing an opposite extension above so it just looks like a really fucked up d <laughs> that they just did like a like a backward c and it's like oh here's a parallel line here's a backward c to fucking slap on it there you go that'll be whatever i can buy a 40 with if i honestly saw that tattoo i would think that it read what would unemployment do because that symbol <laughs> to me is the official symbol of unemployment if i see that on a jersey a shirt a tattoo i was like oh they're going to go probably get a check from the government. Have fun. Well, bye. To be honest, dude, to be honest, that's not that's not the worst fucking ICP tattoo I've seen. Well, okay, this one, I don't know if it classifies as the worst because I'll tell you this, it's hidden. But I think just the fact, like, it's it's basically, I don't, it's a lyric uh, and it's all, like, carefully fucking done. Worst part is it's done professionally well on the dude's bottom lip. Oh man, I hate just, people. I just gotta unfold the lip. Man. I was looking for I, I was looking for a character that looked like what you were describing, and I found this one instead. It looks like a ball sack. It does. That's weird. I think I think the why, great, why is that in the Skype? Great, the great <laughs> <laughs> Why is that a thing? Who are you? Where am I? There's a sideways <laughs> one too. Check that out. No, I, I'm looking. I don't see those. Where are those? Do you, uh, you pay gotta, for a special version of Skype with ball sacks? No, he's got a Canadian keyboard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I just hit the ball sack key. Oh, dude, there's one that look like breasts, too. All right, congratulations, everyone who's listening to this. You just got a bunch of fucking really bad show notes that we're now going to fucking link to you guys. <laughs> let's just let's just introduce What the yeah, fuck? Let's get out of this. Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> We've lost him, guys. We've lost him. Oh, epic, epic, epic. I don't know if it looks like a walnut or a raisin. Oh, you didn't oh. know that. It gets worse, though. Hold no, on a stop second. It. Uh, we're never going to get this show over. Oh, man. Uh, Andrew, you're a yeah, bitch. You need better taste, but I love you. No, you need to stop drinking things that are bad for you. That's not healthy, whatever that is. It's all healthy. Dude, it tastes nothing. It, it tastes like drinking a salad. with with a that, that sounds terrible. That sounds like a That's horrible idea. That's kind of gross, dude, yeah. 
you better give me something with sugar in it and better be a color like red or blue and, and I can mix it into a pitcher. It's a nice healthy it's it's got like the same green of our site. It's it's like it's it's the same green of our site. You know what? I'm bringing a fuckload of these to Seattle with us. Uh then I'm gonna throw them in the water. I'll poison everyone in Seattle with that gross shit. <laughs> the, uh, someone's poison the water supply. Oh, uh, you fucking! Someone's poison the water hole. Jesus Christ! What are you gonna do next? Time me to fucking set up train tracks? You goddamn cliche. I might. Um, James, James, it's good to hear from you. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I think it was the great scribe, Shaggy Two Dope. I'm going to end this call. I'm getting off right now. (laughs) Once said, somebody asked me how I got scabies, and (laughs) that's the one I could find. It's been 15 minutes. Has anything happened yet? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Oh, no. Um, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I got got a surprise for you, George, when we get into what's on our console. I've been... So I've been hearing. So I've been... My... My... Uh, ear canals have been being uh, slowly flooded in with, like uh, like Waterworld. It'd be a wonderful surprise for you, Georgie boy. Hmm. Excited, Sarah. Yo. Hey, man. It's always What's good up? to have you on. I know. So, ah, man, you Sarah's just a fucking such a handsome devil, and we. Uh, I don't try, but you know. That's what they say. Don't believe everything you hear, though. Just happens. Yeah. Pure fluke. Oh, no. If anything, uh, Stevie just fucking graduated college or whatever. I mean, whatever you call college in the United Kingdom. College. Uh, uh, well, shit. I don't know. Uh, for Hogwarts? all I know, United Kingdom. Yeah, Hogwarts. Or they just spend every what? year playing Marco Polo. I, I fucking have no idea. Or... Wait, hold on. What what's the polo that involves horses and croquet mallets? Uh, polo. 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 Yeah, that. Um, I, you're you're gonna have to excuse my cultural insensitivity. That's but, a shirt I wear to work. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Nicely played, sir. Mm-hmm. Hey. So yeah, but no, he's gonna he's gonna fucking start popping on the show again real soon. And man. Man, I'm just I'm just looking forward to it, dude. Just just talking to him on Skype and talking about like review like uh, he just recently reviewed Castle Storm. That's going to hit the site soon. And then um, he's currently reviewing the uh, indie game Point and Click, My Ex-Boyfriend, The Space Tyrant. And we're just, like, arranging stuff and just just hearing that fucking sultry voice, man. Like, that's the music. That's the best music out of the seventh generation right there. It's just Stevie's voice. Yeah. I, I, honestly, it, it makes me want to just be around him. I want, I want him to be my best friend, and I carry him around in my backpack. I will it, never forget like, the first like, time like fucking Jack and Dexter. Show. That was terrible because then I came on yeah. and I wasn't expecting <laughs> it. No one told like, me anything. I love it. <laughs> that was terrible because I fucking showed my cards too soon. I, I could just I could just slowly and gradually showed him how amazing I thought he was, but nope, right there. And it was there and then that Toast knew exactly what to fucking name his book about romance that he was writing. <laughs> yeah. I showed my cards too soon. Uh, it's uh, called I like British accents. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Early Aces, a book to romance by Andrew Andrew. That would be a terrible book to read. Yep. Uh, it sounds like a sweet, sweet R and B band though. <laughs> Early Aces. I can, I can pull that off, maybe. <laughs> I could probably pull that off. Oh man, we just we, we gotta get we gotta get the idol, the American idol on the line. Mm-hmm. 
fucking sure. see we'll see what could work out. Hey, so yeah, we've got everybody introduced. So yeah, um, not so much for a traditional episode. I mean, we we fucking played so much that we couldn't just go full out special. But we, you guys are in for a treat. So we're all going to talk about some of our favorite music throughout uh, the feature topic, and you guys are going to be able to hear all of them licks, them, them composition beauties. Uh, and we have special guests as well that we're going to break up into parts. Oh, but that's uh, truth. yeah, we've got we've got a fraction of internet hot video game fucking rock band, the Megas. Uh, yeah, we got we got Eric and Brian. And it was really cool, too, because I was super excited that Brian came on because Brian's uh, the new drummer for the band. And that dude worked as one of the composers for Mass Effect 2. So, like, yeah, we got we got to hear some tasty shit. So you guys are in lieu for that. And then, yeah, and then the rest of us or the same of us, a bunch of us. I'm I'm sorry. I'm just I I don't know what kind of anyway. Hey, no, we're going to talk about ours. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna share some of our favorite soliloquies, and it's gonna be great. Uh, but yeah, before we get into that, let's just uh, let's just ease on into some what's in your console, and then we can just do all that. There won't be a select feedback this week, just so uh, we can respect time constraints. Mm-hmm. But we've got we've got plenty plenty for you all to uh, to really soak in. So hey. Let's uh, let's do it. What's in your console? Of a bitch. Well, I, I, I think the dog's gonna make you go first. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to elect that James goes first because he's just, he, he spoke with such elation. I'm sorry about that. Well, I've played a couple things. Um, I'm gonna save the best for last. Um, uh, but uh, I did play a good amount of Rogue Legacy, and that's that's the hot, that's the hot topic right now, and going on Steam, selling oh, like hotcakes. Yeah, H A W T E. Everyone's NES talking about it. Pretty much what it is. Um, I reviewed Unepic a couple of months ago before it went up on Steam, and it's pretty much like a, uh, it's like a Metroidvania style game, uh, and a roguelike put together. So uh, when you die, you you basically start over, but. Um, when you come back, you select uh, one of three lineages, and the lineages might have different things wrong with them. Like, they might have, like, irritable bowel syndrome. 
uh, or or like colorblindness or nearsightedness, stuff like that, which makes it sometimes harder, sometimes easier to play the game. Uh, because there, there's this one where it's called like PAD. I don't know what the actual words are, but it makes it so that you can actually step on spikes without dying or taking damage because you don't have any pulse in your feet. Jesus. Yeah, so I mean, there, there's a bunch of cool stuff that happens with that, and there's different multiple classes you can pick from. And as you as you die, basically your the whole game is based on these runs that you do because you collect gold coins. And as you collect gold coins, when you die, you take those gold coins back and you unlock bits of this castle that you're building. And there's this town where you can buy. Uh, I'm, I'm going to assume it's got like a microtransaction sort of thing going on. No, no, no microtransactions at all. Oh. That that nice. I saw at least it's, it's it's fifteen dollars and you get the whole game, so it's and uh, basically you're unlocking these things for your castle and you're unlocking classes and weapons and everything you unlock is permanent, so whenever you die you still have all that stuff, all the armor, the weapons, the skills, all that stuff is permanent and it's all about basically just getting these runs and defeating these four bosses to get to the end and beat the final boss and it's really addicting. It's got a sixteen bit like animation style. It's I, I, I couldn't put it down. It's it's really good. And it's only $15. And it, it, it's like all the hotness right now on Steam. So, in, in see, like, I don't know. Forgive me because uh, I, I haven't really been frequenting Steam all that often. And, you know, I'll discuss why when, when I hit around uh, my, uh, when I, you know, when I get to my topic uh, of what's in your console. But, um. I, I am curious to ask, like, what, what's the... Because, like, everything, you, it, like, it all sounds intriguing, but these sort of games always, I feel like, have such a fucking intimidating accessibility. Like, like just the barrier of entry always just seems... Eh. It's I, not... It's The barrier of entry is really not that bad, because it controls... I mean, it's really only three buttons. It's jump, attack, and then... And then if you've got some skills, you can maybe add in a dash or a block or something like that. But all, all in all... It's 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 literally just jump and attack for the majority of the game, and it's just you dodging, dodging spikes and attacks from other creatures, and you'll gradually start to learn the patterns. And the penalty for dying really isn't that steep because you re- literally start over right away. So it's not like you have to start. Well, I mean, the the castle is random, so every time you die, the castle re-randomizes itself. But the castle is not abundantly huge, and it's and it's just all about getting those runs and gradually gradually leveling your character up to fight these bosses and it's it's really not that dying i don't feel bad about dying because it's it's not like it's one hit death you got like health bars and stuff so um but you take a whole lot of damage and you can find stuff that like heals you but it only heals you for like maybe 10 or 15 hit points when you get hit like 20 or 30 but it's not like i mean it's hard but it doesn't feel like it's impossible like hmm. Super Meat Boy or something like that. It's not. It's not like Dark Souls level infuriating because you don't feel like you're losing anything. Fuck. Well. <clears throat> um. Oh man, I like. I'm intrigued by it, but like, it sounds like it's really like I don't know. It can you do like AI companions or well? Is it just just pure multiplayer? It no. It's it's just single player. One person. Oh. Yeah. I mean, like, the, like honestly, when I look at it, because I haven't played it myself yet, but when I see it, it, it does. It looks like a 16-bit, like, Metroidvania game with, you know, like, the fact that it has randomly generated dungeons and, and just, like, you know, I, I like the idea that, like, when, you, when you're, when you like, dyslexic, it kind of fucks with, the like, the actual text when you're reading it and shit like that. 
Like, mm-hmm. just that kind of stuff. It, it seems really fucking clever. Like, like the whole concept, the whole execution seems really clever. Um, I mean, uh, 15 bucks is a steal. If it came out on XBLA, like, that'd be something that people, everybody would pick up. In all honesty, I'm kind of surprised it hasn't hit, like, yeah, XBLA actually, or PSN. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's actually it would it would sell like hotcakes on because it's it's made to play with a controller. Like you try to play the keyboard and mouse, you're gonna break your keyboard and mouse (laughs) more than likely. Mm -hmm. It's it's a great game. It's a great little game. I think everyone should pick up and try. I'm I'm gonna buy it. It's on my wish list on Steam. I'm gonna buy it, but I'm just hoping, crossing my fingers, and 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 really hoping that the Steam sale will start soon, and maybe I can get a little bit cheaper. But if not, it's it's well worth fifteen bucks. I'm just. I'm a little more patient. <laughs> what happened to their summer sale that they usually do, like, annually? Yeah, the... we're, we're waiting for it, man. We're counting down. I mean, they just don't say when it's going to happen. It's going to be and soon. It's, it, it's sometime in July, but we figured it'd be 4th of July, and it wasn't, so... Don't know. It's crazy. And see, like, uh... Sad, sad when you're fucking waiting for it. It's like, it's like, it's like fucking, like, you know, Christmas or something. You're like, ah, it's finally happening. And, like, what's funny is uh, Humble Bundle tries to schedule around it, so that way it doesn't get <laughs> caught in the crossfire. Yeah, and, yeah that's like, a good idea. I remember that they like they launched their last humble bundle like super early just because they were anticipating it, and this is like the latest I think it's ever been. Like I've never seen it. Like I've seen it at least by now in July, uh, but it looks like it might go into late July or August. I don't know. See, I I haven't really been able to hop on and really pay attention to Steam all all that much. Truth be told, just because of all the fucking all the play and shit that I've got going on again but I'll, I'll have to give that a fucking go hey, what what else has been in your console almost way well um i've got a couple i've got a few more games so i'm only talk about uh two more uh the one that i really want to talk about is the deadpool game the i fucking love that game that game is a terrible game but it's also a great game at the same time it's <clears throat> i'll agree with the first sentiment the second one you'll have to sell me <laughs> um do you like Deadpool as a character? I do not. Then you won't like it. <laughs> I I like Deadpool as a character. I like Deadpool comics. I like anything Deadpool's in. I think Deadpool is funny. And this is probably the... This game has probably captured a Marvel character better than any other Marvel game ever. I, I don't know. I'm kind of surprised that George doesn't have it yet, to be honest. I don't like Marvel very much. Well, I mean, I'd you like do to. like Polar North, though, don't you? Me, me, me. I do. I comic book hipsters fucking dc fucking dude come on man tell me you haven't read the newest batman superman you're just like oh shit. i've read i've read i've read the first 17 issues of all the new 52 but i haven't gotten up to like the court of owls or finish all that stuff or the death in the family stuff yet it's all it's all all been pretty good so far the only go ahead no, I'm just saying the only stuff, ironically, that hasn't been that good is the, like the early Superman stuff, and now Superman is just now getting good. I'm just like, fuck yeah. You just you have to read Hawkeye. Matt Fraction's Hawkeye is fucking awesome. It's it's one of the best comics I've read in the last five years. It's amazing. I'm love- I'm, I'm slowly opening up to uh, Marvel. I watched the Avengers. It's pretty good. <laughs> I I did. I finally said fuck it. I'll watch it. And uh, you know what? Mark Ruffalo does an amazing Bruce Banner. I mm-hmm. I concede. I really thought, like... Because, dude, you have no idea how much I really liked Edward Norton's performance. And I'm just like, no, 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 Mark Ruffalo did it. He did a good no, job. I love Norton as fucking Banner. You say people's Ruffalo last name's good. weird. God, how do you say his name? <laughs> Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> it's, it's, is, is it really? I thought it was Ruffalo. I could say quiet. <laughs> what's, the other, what's the other fucking name he couldn't say? 
Oh shit! What was that? Yeah, Luguziamo. Oh. Yeah, Luguziamo. <laughs> tortilla, oh. tortilla. Oh, uh, by the way, it it wasn't uh, Rob Schneider playing that dude in Mario Brothers. It was no. Uh, no. it was another guy. What's I his mean, name? Uh, Fisher always... Stevens. Fisher Stevens. He was an early addition. George, George just likes saying that it was Rob Schneider. I love saying it was Rob. You're so Schneider. weird. <laughs> I, I prefer it being we're, Rob we're Schneider. That. Anyways, it's a it's a it's a standard. It is probably the most average hack and slash game in the world. But if if you like the, it's funny all the way through, and it's 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 just funny to sit there and watch. I mean, you could probably just sit there and just watch a YouTube video of all the cutscenes, and be perfectly fine with the game. I loved it. Uh, I, uh, I, I was going to say, I like how I think I was talking to you about this, that, you know, I kind of had high hopes for it because High Moon was doing it. And then I kind of slowly realized that, you know, all the games they do still have robotic characters, whether or not they're actual robots. Well, all the games they all <laughs> the games they do are when it comes to a gameplay standpoint are average, maybe a mm. little bit above average. But, but they really get into like their source material. Yeah, they capture the source material perfectly. The two Transformers games capture the source material perfectly. The Deadpool game captures Deadpool to a T. It is perfect. Nolan North's performance is great throughout the entire thing. Now, with but, that said, uh, Daruna does like Deadpool, and we borrowed it from uh, my brother-in-law. And uh, yeah, she got stuck at a bouncy house, and she was like, nope, that's it, I'm done with this. Really, the bouncy house is like the first five minutes of the game. Yeah, she she couldn't take it anymore. Take the bouncy house. It gets good. Yeah, or it gets or good the though. shenanigans leading up to I don't know playing I mean, playing with that cool junk. Though? You know. He's he's such a he's such a. I know. Fucking, like, I didn't I didn't expect anything to begin with. So you know that's not on me. He's he's a manic he's a manic crazy character. He's bouncing off the walls, and I like that type of humor. I just like the type of stupid humor. Their licensed games, if anything, like like James really had a good point going on, is where the gameplay may not be the most groundbreaking. Like I think the fan service is where they really fucking hit home, and that's yeah, that's all I've been much. hearing about it. I just it's it's how much of a price are you willing to put on fan service? So for example, I mean, James enjoys it. He's a Deadpool fan. I I'm I'm aware. I'm I'm familiar with him. Like, if anything, I will credit him to being the only possible good thing that Rob Liefeld's ever done with his life. But I I mean, that that's pretty much it. Like, mm. he's he's a cool dude. Yeah, I mean, and I don't think anyone should buy it for the price tag they're asking for it. I didn't buy it. Well, I borrowed it's, it. It's still like ten bucks less than a regular well, it's, game. But... It's fifty bucks, but it's it's only six hours long, and there literally is no reason. It's six six hours to beat the game, and there's no reason to play through it again. So it's it's a rental at best. Maybe if it gets down to twenty bucks, it's a buy. If you're a really big Deadpool fan, but I want <sighs> I want to spend fifty bucks on hundred hundred percent trophies in that time too. Sorry, hundred percent trophies in that time too. No, no, the trophies are actually kind of varied, oh, like okay. specific moments and stuff, specific combo types, and because the mm. combat system is fun but it's just you're fighting the same five enemies over and over and over and over and over again. Uh but so it kind of like So it's it, it's final fight 2013. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, except final fight at the crossdressers, right? It doesn't have crossdressers. Wow. I got, ex- got exploding gambit clones if you like that, I guess. Oh Jesus, I couldn't That's another annoying Marvel character. I couldn't picture fucking fighting Gambit over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> and my surprise. So, about two weeks ago, 
I finally got a Dreamcast from Andy. Woo. And I and from my buddy, I Matt, and from Matt, I finally got uh-huh. a hard copy of Shenmue. I see oh, where this go. is going. Yes. There you and go. I played the first disc of Shenmue. Now, what I got to say, I don't think any game since has tried and strived and perfected a point of realism like Shenmue has. The problem <laughs> Look, he's, he's is... He's worked up. Like, he can't even keep a straight face. Is, it is the most boring hunk of shit <laughs> I have played in my entire life. Oh, I literally... No. Now, I know that back in the day, it was probably an amazing achievement. I'm going to give it that. I'm playing this game literally almost 15 years after it initially came out. It was an expensive achievement, that's for sure. Yeah. But the fact that the only reason I kept playing through this game was, one, because Dana forced me to, and two, because the voice acting is so terrible, I laughed every time anyone talked. It but is pretty bad. But you know what? You know how you fix that though is you just put on Japanese voice acting but, with subtitles. That's that's the only reason I want to play through the game is to hear the terrible voice acting because it makes me laugh. Because I don't. There's a lot of things about that game that even if I played it back when I was 15, 16 when it came out, I don't think that I would have enjoyed it because the fact that literally the f- entire first disc. Ninety percent of that is looking for one dude. It, is, it really is is amazing in its stupidity. It's, hey, and, it, like, it's it's immersive. Okay, in the, in the it's waiting still mechanic, immersive. like oh, I can't go. I can't go find this guy until seven o'clock. I've got nothing to do. It's ten o'clock in the morning. Dude, go to the arcade and I play a fucking I'll, game. Yeah, I guess I'll go play Hang On for eight hours. No, hold on a or go to the parking lot, work on, sh- dude, show yourself some moves, oh and you, you, you realize, like, that's the one thing, I think the exposition in Shenmue is one of the bigger flaws of it, if anything, just because you have, it doesn't really explain that practicing moves, and they're, all, all your fighting moves have a invisible statistic to them, in both A, responsiveness, and B, uh, actual effect. So uh, I didn't have a guide because I, so I had no idea how anything fucking worked. I just know that all I wanted to do was when I got my allowance every day, I was gonna go. I was gonna go buy five or six fucking capsule Sonic <laughs> figures, and then I was gonna go play Hang On for eight hours, wait for nightfall, and go talk to somebody once or twice. It's gonna get too late. I gotta go to bed. My my mom, whoever the fuck the house lady is, is gonna yell at me for being home late. <laughs> Dude, my, it's fucking Ginsong. You leave Ginsong out of it. Oh my god! No, wait, hold on a second. This this game takes place in what? 1987, 88, 86. I think 86. 86. Okay, what the fuck is a Sega Saturn doing on top of the TV exactly? What the, what the fuck is a Sonic the Hedgehog capsule thing doing? Or virtual fight? Rad enough, right? Yeah, Rad Racer dog. What up? What Rad up? Racer. This hey, is isn't 19- that the fucking Easter egg. All right, first off. Yeah. The semantics of you guys getting into the bullshit that doesn't really need to be get into is is like what what's really... the bullshit that doesn't need to be getting into? Because that <laughs> no, okay. the fact that there's a Saturn is... in his house. <laughs> don't don't oh, get me wrong, I enjoyed it. It just confused the shit out of me. I'm like, it what the fuck pulled is me this? Out why, of why is this a master movie. system? I wanted or like to an, an SG Mark II or something, you know? That fucking cat in the box. I wanted to drown it so bad. Why did it not die? It sat there for a week and no one fed it. The kids feed it on your behalf. It's explained if you just listen. <laughs> and literally, like, there's a G.I. Joe moment in the game. You're, like, 
I walk down the street and someone kicks a soccer ball at my head. And by the way, the quick time events, I know it's like one of the first games of quick time events, but they're aggravating as fuck because they make that loud beeping sound whenever they happen. But for intensity, I I stop. Yeah, for intensity, I bet Uh, I stop the soccer ball and then I go here, kids, don't play in the street. I was expecting fucking shipwreck to come out. And, and give a fucking like speech about not playing in the street and then say G.I. Joe and then G. go to the G. next Joe. Yeah, exactly like that. Oh, it was so right. it was so, so bad. I can't wait to write this versus article. I'm gonna rip this fucking thing apart. First off, I already know I already know what <laughs> honestly what to fucking combat. Second secondly, I mean I, I can give you a taste of it right now. You completely one hundred and seventeen percent missed the point. You you gamed the fuck out of a game that is so fucking in depth in its complexities that it doesn't it doesn't need that kind of approach. You're not it supposed took to game seven hours game. for the story to start. Seven hours. That's and like in those Final seven Fantasy hours, you know, you realize you have a notebook that's just made to fucking talk to people. Just talking to people, just getting lost in the world. You did, how, how many of those pages did you honestly even fill up? How many people did you talk to? Do you even know you can talk to people No, I don't want to talk to anybody because they sound terrible. I had one guy tell me he used to be Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> how the fuck does that work? I, I was Tiger Chinese it, many years ago. I'm not Chinese anymore. Bullshit, sir. Well, no. Bullshit. To be fair, Tiger Woods got more and more Chinese the more and more successful he got. So, I mean, I don't know. You tell me. Apparently, there's an influx and a redux of, of, like, Chinese heritage that me and you both don't know the fucking secret. And the story, I'm not that interested in in the first place. I understand, like I said, the game strives for a level of realism that I don't think many games even today have tried to hit. And I'm giving it that. I'm giving the fact that I'm also 15 years removed from this fucking game, damn near. So I'm going back, and this game looks, sounds, controls, does everything like shit compared to anything I've fucking played in the past five years. Okay, I can find Xbox Live indie games that control better than this fucking game. You just hold a trigger to run. That's you hold it. a trigger, why can't I use the fucking joystick? You use the joystick to look around. To look around. Again, completely missed the point. Did you look around the room? Did you pick things up and learn about them? Did you you fucking talk to people? It doesn't sound like you've really done much. You gamed the shit out of a game that didn't need to be gamed. I played the game for nine hours. Beat the first disc. And and, and you missed the point. The second disc didn't work. And I was happy. You fucking spent nine hours playing Hang On. You're not supposed to spend nine hours playing Hang On. It's the only fun thing to do in that entire game. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. We have an article for that. We'll get to that. But <laughs> I did play it. That's good to hear. I mean, you played it. It is. It's, it's. It's just awful that you played it wrong. I fulfilled it. Well, Andy played Dark Souls <laughs> wrong too. It. So I bullshit. My <laughs> I, just, I you just woke me up from my fucking nap I was taking while you guys were talking about that game. You see? Oh, what you the see? fuck is wrong with you? Hey, I'm just saying. I have no curiosity about that game at all. The, the, Why? But, the, the I don't funnest, know. I just don't. The funnest time <laughs> I, I had. That game to you. The funnest no, you time I. No, you didn't. Really? I could no, have sworn I, I sent that game to you with Uncharted Two. No, that wasn't me. Uses <sighs> as a coaster. Um, but uh, the funnest time I had on the Dreamcast. I got fucking Power Stone Two and Virtual Tennis, but I think yeah, he sent Virtual. No, 
I, I bought Virtual Tennis. You sent me Power Stone too. Most Power fun Stone I think, 2 is fucking awesome. The most right? fun I think we had on that Dreamcast while we had it for a couple <laughs> oh, don't of Don't say it, don't say was it. Fucking playing a ROM of California games. And that was the most fun I had. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, oh, man. You're just doing it wrong. Everything you sound like, it, it, everything you're saying, it just sounds wrong. Doing it wrong by hitting the fucking power button. Oh, man. Jesus. Yeah. Can it you not be James' it, turn anymore? Yeah, your your, your guys' verse is gonna be fun. <laughs> I'm done. Do we have enough space? Can the website hold all the words I'm gonna write about this? <laughs> yeah, my, my separate into two separate articles. <laughs> Thank God, James has got a limited vocabulary. It should be fucking easy to tear him apart. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> God, two men enter, one man leave. It's a battle royale. Oh shit. <laughs> Andrew, there. Hey, what's Andrew, up? fucking right. remind us that you play video games and use, sure. use the reminder with words. Okay, sure. Um, I played video games. If by video games you mean that I've been doing nothing but catching uh, different kinds of insect, I've been fishing a lot. Uh, I've been shaking trees to get the fruit. Um, I have to wait uh, until Sundays uh, until noon so I can buy some turnips so I can therefore sell the turnips and try to make more money. Um, I, I look like Metroid, or not Metroid, Samus, I'm sorry. That's fucking dumb. That's like me saying, like, I love that game, Legend <laughs> of Zelda. There's the main character, Zelda, the guy with the hat. Wake hmm. me up when it's over. Okay, that's fine. No, I'm, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail, but I fucking got sold on Animal Crossing. I have a 3DS uh, XL that the only game I owned for it was Ocarina, and um, I was honestly okay with waiting until Shin Megami Tensei 4 comes out, and that was going to be the game I was going to play. And then literally everyone I am around has been playing Animal Crossing and won't stop talking about it. And so I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. Like, they keep on talking about it. Sounds kind of cool. And didn't really think I was going to give it a lot of time. I figured it'd be fun for like five, ten minutes here and there. And it's pretty much all I've been doing is playing Animal Crossing. Like, once you get something that you're interested in, whether it's, you know, eating a fortune cookie to get, like, some Nintendo stuff you can wear, like... You know, right now I have like Samus's like you know like top and bottom like the Varia uh, pants and, and like the and like the top and I'm now really that, wanting to get the hat and everything else. Now that I think about it, that game is built for you, Andy, because it's a game literally focused around collecting worthless bullshit. Exactly. It's and it's man, built my house is gonna look you. amazing. My house is so gonna wait, look amazing. hold on a second. Yeah. Am I to understand that you haven't played any of the previous Animal Crossing games? I mean, at this I, point? I played a little bit of the GameCube version back in the day, but I never got super into it. I really didn't. It just it didn't catch me. Um, so, something about be, something about being portable and being in my hands, and I can mm-hmm. take it to work and like say, okay, well, you know, open your gates for me so I can go into your town and you know grab some fruit or hey, let's trade this. Like having that portable experience and having that connectivity is what really makes that game. That game would not have it would have never been on my radar had it not been for the fact that. You know, other people I knew were bringing it in and they were playing it and they were talking about it. And we were discussing like, you know, this is where you should go now and this is what you should do at night so you can get the most money. Like, it's just it's a social experience. That's the only reason why that game is a, is it's honestly why it's so successful right now, because it's a big social experience. I mean, if you played it just like you meant to play it on like GameCube or, or Wii, was the Wii one online at all? It was. No, it, yeah. It, yeah, it was because it came with that stupid microphone. Oh, yeah. see, and maybe then I, just something about it just really. I think, you know, a lot of people were waiting for it because they announced it when the 3DS was announced and it's taken this long to get it out. But I think you can tell that it's like it's it does everything right that it has to. Like all it needs to do is get one hook in you, whatever it is, 
Once mm-hmm. that happens, you're you're pretty much gonna be playing it for a while. I mean, it won't just... last forever, but honestly, I, it's it's like every day. It's the one game I play continuously. Well, see, Speaking of Animal Crossing and how popular it is these days, because it seems like everyone's fucking playing it. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me of this guy. I forget what state he was from. I think it was like Georgia or some dumb southern state. <laughs> but he was like. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but he was like animal. People who play Animal Crossing are basically pedophiles, especially because of, of the. Wow. The, um, I think, yeah. The, the DS one was able to go online as well. So he basically put one and two together and came out with like, you know, one <laughs> and yeah. said, oh, yeah, everyone who plays Animal Crossing is a pedophile. I, I wrote a song about that guy. His name was Andy Anderson. And I called him a bitch. <laughs> huh. You wrote a song about but him? I, I did. Yeah, we can put it in the show. Why not? Oh, OK. Oh, fine. Wow, really? All Sounds right. Amazing. Fuck it. There we go. Fuck, fuck, fuck you. Uh, what's his name? And Andy Anderson. Andy Anderson. Yeah. Of I course, he has had my first name. Great. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> of course. No. Fuck no, but, you, but, yeah, no. other Andy. Uh, this was back when I was still doing Nuclear Geek, and like we we talked about it. But like, how how short sighted is that? Like, I wonder what the average uh, age of uh, of Animal Crossing players is at this point, because like Probably I don't know. I actually don't know too many people under the age of 25 that's playing it right now. That is a good point. Honestly, the majority of people I see play it are at least like over 20 years old. Like little kids will play it, but I think the little kids don't really appreciate it as much as like the the person that's playing that's older that has that need to collect something. And I'll be well, honest, like when whatever experience to sort of succeed too, right? Yeah. Well, like when I, when I first started seeing them playing, I was like, all it is is fucking Farmville. Like I was saying, like all you have to do is go do the same charity. You got to go pick this or cut that down. Or plant this, and that's all you do. It's fucking Farmville. This looks dumb. And then I start playing, and I'm like, man, I'm I'm eating all my words because it all like I said, all it needs is that one hook, whatever it is for you that gets that desire to keep on doing it and collecting and and completing objectives. Like I don't know what it is. It's like that mentality of like people that play COD that want that next prestige, you know, that next gun unlocked or whatever it is. Like that that feeling. Like they they I don't know how they do it, man. But they uh, if anyone played that game, I think at one point it'd probably catch you. I can't think of a single person that would buy that game and say, well, now this sucks. If they gave it real time and investment, even for a few days, it, it, it definitely click. I'm almost certain of it. I think, well, see, and- uh, when the Wii one came out, me and Dan, I tried to pump a couple. We pumped a day or two into it and we just couldn't. It could not hook hook us at all. And honestly, and, and now the game since, uh, you know, before that have really gotten me just for some reason. This it, it really it really sits with me like it's it's just a lot of fun. And it's because it is such a social experience. Like, I'll talk to my friends and, and we'll talk and discuss stuff. And that's half the fun is, like, finding something awesome. Or, like, I caught a whale shark. And, like, my the best part about that was I knew I could go the next day and tell someone I work with, like, hey, I caught a whale shark, man. It was fucking amazing. How the like, fuck that, do you catch <laughs> a whale shark? You, you, I caught a whale Airplane. shark, man. It doesn't make any physical sense. And I, and I get to take it and put it into my, my town's aquarium. You, and I get you, to see all the on. fish I've caught. Hold on, James. You trade you trade bells as currency to a to a fucking godfather like figure who is a raccoon. Mm-hmm. And what and what sense of the world can you argue logic in that <laughs> same fucking game? Okay, okay. I, under, I I get that. I get that. By the uh, way, pro tip: you can stack fruit. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. Hey, okay. so I don't know. You've kind of got me jazzed about it because, like, okay, Cody reviewed the game for us on the site. Yeah, and, and I, I agree with that review completely. Yeah, I, I was, I was kind of giving it a once over, and everybody's playing it. And to be honest, anything that I can play that can just fucking, I can just rub in Jeff Grubb's face, and just like, like if I could just do something to fuck him over, like it, it's, it's a, an accomplishment all within itself. 
But I have not played Animal Crossing since the GameCube one. Like, the GameCube one's kind of, you know, it's the very first one. And I don't know why I just kind of kept with the assumption. But it's just kind of soured me on the on the mentality. But everything you're saying just sounds like the missing component that the Animal Crossing formula needed. That it just needed a social, connected, networked... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Like, well, you know, you kind of brought up Jeff Grubb. Like, that was, like, one of the other things that was kind of selling me on. Like, constantly following that dude's Twitter feed and seeing, like, the pictures he was posting with other people playing. And, yeah, just, just seeing those people, like, you know, just in that experience, like, just something about it. Like, I was like, okay, I'm going to give it a shot. But I really didn't think I'd be totally interested. Uh, like I said, I've, I have Project Cross Zone sitting on my shelf right now. I've put maybe 15 minutes into it. Everything else has been Animal Crossing. Well, and, I, th- I, think, I think that what... What is bar? What is the, ba- the basically the gate keeping me out of that fucking place? Because I I like games where you do monotonous stuff. Because I like mm-hmm. Harvest Moon, and I like The Sims, and I like Sim City. And you're pretty much doing the same thing over and over again for multiple hours. At yeah. A time. So 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 what is it? What is that? I mean, it's just like the aesthetic, or like what's, I think it's what's... the interface itself because you have to go through walls upon walls of text just to do anything. I yeah. I mean, you, you, I agree because like every time you go sell something, you have to talk to them. They'll ask you a question. You'll give them the stuff that you want to sell. They'll say, okay, I can take this, or no, I can't take that, or you know, let, let's see what this is. And then, yeah, and especially if you go and like make multiple trips, like you have to go through that process over and over. It is a constant back and forth. There's no real fast travel, so you're constantly running back and forth and back and forth. But I don't know. It, it, it doesn't really bother me, because usually when I'm playing, I'm playing just to kind of unwind and relax, like you know, doing something that's kind of you know repetitive doesn't really bother me too much in those situations. It just it's something just the past time. It's like when you're on your phone trying to just do something. It's kind of that that feeling, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But um but yeah, enough about Animal Crossing. I, I don't want to go all night about that. Um the other game I played and I won't talk about long because we've talked about it the last episode. Um but I did finally finish Last of Us. So that's Ugh, that that cannot, yeah. Cannot you finished the last of it, did you? I, I did all every well the, the thing that sucks though is I, I can't really say you guys know me. I I, I play baby games. So I had to lower it down to easy just to get through the story. That's all I really cared about. I just wanted to experience the story. That game, that game for me is a little too, like, it, it really, like, especially later on in the game, like, especially when you get into, like, winter, it's so dependent on you being kind of stealthy. And, and I can understand from the gameplay aspect that, you know, doing stealth isn't as hard as I maybe thought it was. But for me personally, like, just even taking time in any kind of encounter is, is asking a lot. You know, if I can't instantly go and defeat something or kill something that's in front of me, I, I find it very difficult. So the podcast you know, is just to me, this podcast is just the theme of it is how to play games wrong. And that's, I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, but, you know, like I wanted to like the best parts of that game for me were getting to those cutscenes. I mean, I, I love the moments where it got really intense and crazy, but those, you I, know, I, I feel like every time I had an encounter or like, you know, a, a battle when it was over, I was instantly pausing and getting up and going and doing something else for a little bit. Like I had to take breaks every single time because it got so intense. And so it, like, you know, I can understand where Andy's coming from. That combat, like he said, is super intense. Every mm-hmm. every combat is every almost every combat instance is playing anything harder than easy can almost use up all of your supplies if you're not careful. And you yeah. don't plan well, and you don't sneak around, and you so like it's 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 some the combat can I think move people away from the game if 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 it wasn't for, if it actually wasn't for the easy mode I think people wouldn't play the I think there's some people who would not play the, this game. I mean I, I did appreciate though I mean it was it was 
enough of a challenge to make me really start thinking twice about what I was going to do or what I was going to use. Um, but, you know, I mean, at the same time, it made me become like I almost put myself into that that role, that character, because by the end of the game, like I was ruthless. Like I didn't care what got in my path, whatever it was, it, I killed it. Like it just it made me feel like I was a badass. It wasn't that uncharted moment where, you know, you're Nathan Drake and you can take on like an army, you know, and you're just like smirking and smiling and half tucking the whole way. Like for me, this was like, you know, like I'll I'll destroy this world. I'll burn this 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 world to the ground if you ever do anything to hurt anyone I love. Like the, uh, I just that you know that feeling that I had, I was like, nope. Like I'll 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 kill you right where you stand. And I love that feeling. Like by the end of it, I feel like I'm an I'm I'm an amazing. Like just you know, take no prisoners. I'm fucking Clint Eastwood. Like I feel like I'm actually like squinting my eyes and I'm you know, just staring someone down, looking down the barrel of my gun. Like that's what I felt like. It was amazing. And I'm kind of scared that I got to that point, you know, by playing it. But I think that's what it did to me throughout the whole duration of it. I'm gonna love doing the games club because like oh, yeah, once we win. once we do the games club because now we can because you know yeah. I don't. It, did any of us inspire you at all to get it yet, Sarah? Or at least Not borrow really. it? Nah, it was kind of given away at work. So I heard about that, and that's honestly oh, why I tried playing through it as quickly. Fuck? I know it happens. I, honestly, Sarah, I I relate and I I sympathize because not I, the first I told time. My, I mean, I've had yeah, uh, Star, Star Ocean Three was spoiled for me before too. So my goodness, <laughs> I, I I actually spoiled a game for someone I worked with, and I felt terrible about it. Like I didn't mean to. I thought it was something he'd already experienced, and he didn't. And he was like totally like just blackout on everything, trailers, like video, like audio, everything. And that's the worst feeling. Like it, it sucks to have something spoiled. It feels even worse when you know you're the one that spoiled it for them. Like I hate. It, oh, that's a, that's a worse feeling. It, this was another one. <laughs> this game was another one of those fucking Bioshock Infinite moments. It was a have you beat it yet? And everyone knew what it was. <laughs> yeah. Sort of thing. <laughs> That's, we're it, like, like grunting, like, come on, hurry up. <laughs> fucking, we need to talk about this now. Yeah, agreed. But, yeah, and then I won't talk about it much because we've already discussed it. It, it is worth playing. It really is. Um, I haven't yeah, touched the multiplayer, though. I need to really get into multiplayer with some of you so, guys. You still got it. I hear people say it's good, but I don't know how it could be. I don't know. It. I mean, okay, I think it's good, but the barrier of entry is fucking awful because there's no, there's no matchmaking. No matchmaking. Uh, uh, and like that seems like a weird thing to not have in a multiplayer. It, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> like you're just there's so many different people, variable skills, and like I don't know if it's some sort of ironic theming going on. You just fucking pick apart the weak. Like and and like you can you'll immediately tell like when when somebody doesn't fucking, you know, gut for a supply cache or if somebody doesn't fucking start going for higher ground and start sneaking and and somebody doesn't go for a crossbow that's that's another thing man like the the crossbow or no i'm sorry not the crossbow just a bow is stupid overpowered in multiplayer like let's just to be honest i mean all all abilities you can expect are uh somewhat nerfed uh for multiplayer like uh the melee abilities and whatnot i mean they're all fairly identical but they're nerfed in in basically how they how they execute and like what the executions result in. But I, I will say that it's, it's got a steep learning curve. And then once you get there, you get there. But I will say that what makes it really good is it gives it all these meta objectives. So like for every run that you do, you're, you've got like this meta story going on and you can even share your statuses on social networks, which will benefit you. 
in terms of stat uh, boosts or enhancements, you know, uh, uh, towards your your perks or or whatever ability. So I mean, it, it has a draw to it, and I mean, if you get good at it, it's it's definitely fun. But that that fucking barrier of entry, man, it, it it's really brutal. Especially like there's there's no from from what I played of it with my review, there's there's no real um, gauge for for skill sets. I feel like there was a lot of people that I fucking played with. Uh, you know, between people who just started playing it, to people been playing it since day one. Mm-hmm. So uh, it got, and then like I feel like the design of certain maps are. Uh, I, I feel like they cater to more than they cater more to one class over the other. Which, you know, I can understand. You're gonna find like a lot of the advantages of a class in a certain map, but one map I feel like it, it has a blatant disregard for like how much one class overpowers the other because it involves a lot of. Uh, overhead trekking that can just like literally you can drop down and do anything and there's a there's a sneak class you don't have a lot of artillery uh however i mean you're quicker with your melee and you have uh you know just execute option uh the one other thing that kind of bothers me about it too is that when you down somebody i mean you you have to fucking double tap them like anybody who gets downed isn't really killed they they have the See, ability to crawl away i don't know like like for some reason i just like the the, the mechanics of that gameplay to me, doesn't say, I haven't played multiplayer yet, but it doesn't sound like it would fit well in a multiplayer aspect. At least with Uncharted, that multiplayer was pretty sound because it's all about speed and you know, like you like you're kind of like you know charging and you're leaping over things and you're climbing and jumping. And Last of Us just seems like it's so like just like you know focused on taking your not necessarily taking your time, but preparing. You know, like you have to make the Molotov cocktails. You have to. You know, prepare these items and then use them, and then you know, yes. you know, lining up your shot with the bow and arrow, or you know, it just it doesn't feel like it's a fast paced kind of experience for the mechanics. So, like to translate that into a multiplayer, I understand that kind of you know the fact that you have like you know a, a, not society, but like you know a group of people you're taking care of, and you know how you do in the multiplayer dictates how they are. Like they can get sick, they can you know you know die, and you have to do challenges to kind of keep them you know healthy, and you take your resources back to the camp. Like I, I appreciate they try to work it into the story somehow, but just that gameplay does at least doesn't sound like it would translate very well for me personally. It, it um, translates over as as best as it can, but yeah, it's it's just that the combat is a very cerebral experience, mm-hmm. and yeah. I feel like there's too much going on in a multiplayer setting for for you to really like, think things, about stuff. <laughs> yeah, it should just ask me, ask me almost like ask me almost like a Twitch kind of thing, unless it's like big, huge open maps where you have the time to really strategize and plan and. I don't think that'd be the case. And with I feel this. like people just kind of exploit what's easiest. Like I said, people will will go immediately to look for bows. People will craft uh, the, the soonest they can craft a melee item. They will craft bows and and melee and, and, items. And, and, and it's and just that's like a, it's a one it's a one shot kill, isn't it? Like like it is in the campaign. If you craft like a board with like a you know a scissor tied to it or something yes, like that. Yes, but okay. like even then, like it, it's harder to make those in multiplayer. Uh-huh. So uh, mostly just like, dude, they, you just need two cracks with a melee item and you're downed. And then yeah. from that point, you're just executed. So like, I don't know, that whole downing thing. It Like I said, it, it's functional and at times it's even really fun. But the it, it's got a steep learning curve and it doesn't really have the uh, the structure that it needs to like fucking place like players properly. And I can I can tell that it's going to have a dedicated community. Where sooner or later it's just going to be a community of dudes who stick it out, or men or women who stick it out and play it, that they're going to um, they're going to enjoy and they're going to get something out of it. But it's it's definitely not for everyone. And 
that that's really just the question itself. I'm like, I, I don't know how long that community will personally last. So it's it's definitely it, it's definitely very stark to get a lot of people into that. So I mean, fuck, dude, most people didn't even know it had multiplayer. They just played it for the same. It, it was like the reverse Call of Duty effect. Like what? That's multiplayer. Pff, fuck that. <laughs> Um, so. b- before before we move on, I I, I want to say something before I forget. It just popped into my head. Um, it's going back to the Dreamcast. I'm sorry to jump all the way back, but I have never seen a last gen system scale to an HD TV like the fucking Dreamcast. It does do a great job. I mean, because it has so many different output options. Like I, it's got like S video. Well, no, and- I just hooked up. I just hooked up regular VGA cable. I guess that's what you call it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I just look up regular VGA cable to my HDTV. Like, I Wait, hold on. Get the- VGA is different. VGA is the thing that you stick into your computer monitor. Yeah, this okay. is AV, just an regular AV cable. Yeah, so it's just like yeah, composite is the term, I guess. Yeah, just just co- regular. the component. Regular, yeah, yeah, regular regular AV cables, just right to the back of my HDTV. And, and like, I did the, that before with a PS2 because when my wife wanted to play Persona 4 before Golden came out. And it looked like someone had smeared shit all over the screen. Everything was blurry. It looked really bad. The Dreamcast almost looks exactly like it did if it was on just an SD TV. It looked great. Oh yeah, the Dreamcast is pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, that's it's why pretty, it's uh, been really pretty good, good to emulate on. too. It's been mm-hmm. really easy to emulate Dreamcast games for like current gen consoles, just because they. I mean, you have to understand like the amount of remastering didn't take. Like they it, they had that kind of ease doing it with uh, GameCube and PS2 as well for like Crazy Taxi and then the Sonic Adventures. And then even like Space Channel Five, and fuck, what was the other one? Um, Gun Valkyrie uh, for the Xbox was originally developed huh. uh, on for Dreamcast architecture. They just simply ported the architecture and just reworked it. Uh, it's very slightly to uh, the Xbox. Yeah, I can so see there, that. There's that one. Orta, uh, I believe, originally started, but it was very, very fucking bare bones. Started on Dreamcast, uh, and Crazy Taxi Three uh, also started on Dreamcast. Like yeah, a lot of the scrap would have been awesome to see Panzer Dragoon on Dreamcast. That's it's a very that's a very it's a very very impressive piece of hardware. They just made a couple of really bad decisions with it. Uh, <laughs> that GD ROM. Yeah, the uh, GD ROM, and, and it's so fucked up because that like that still using CDs and that controller. Oh my god, that controller is horrible. <laughs> I don't mind that controller. <laughs> That controller is fine. You can use that controller for fucking fighting games. I don't. I don't mind it, but uh, the the Saturn 3D pad was better. I disagree. No, no, no. It, it was especially for fighting games. It had a better D pad and it had six button placement. Plus yeah, the triggers. Six button. Okay, six button placement is cool, but that thing, fucking plus, it's, it's, it's plus so, the triggers. All right. It's so comfy. It's super comfy. I'm pretty sure if I threw it, my dog would catch it. Yeah. And first off. <laughs> Well, no, the Dreamcast, dude, that's the argument me and him are having. The Dreamcast controller is, like, by and large, super ergonomic and just fucking has a curvature that's amazing. The Saturn 3D fucking pad. You would think so, but I think the Saturn 3D pad holds the edge. I'm holding both of them in my hand right now. I'm Uh. holding both of them, and I I am still completely feeling 100%. Because lucky lucky for all of us, because I'm an asshole, I just have a pile of controllers to my right foot or, like, my man cave. I the, could I could pick them both up myself, but I won't give you that pleasure. <laughs> no, I mean, I I do enjoy the design, but 
but the ergonomic of like if anybody's ever watched Legends of the Hidden Temple, the thing fucking feels like what you would imagine a piece of the silver monkey statue would feel like. It's fucking clunky. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. But, I don't think I can get behind that sentiment. Yeah, I, I feel. I feel that the. I mean that this is this is again going off of ten years of playing with far superior controllers. That Saturn, that Saturn, that uh, Dreamcast controller is almost as bad as the Duke. Almost as bad as the Duke. I don't even know what the dude. You got to explain the Duke. The Duke. The Duke is the original Xbox One controller. The uh, one that that's was the hamburger, dog. That's the hamburger. <laughs> uh, we used to call it the anchor. See, this is so weird. This is like the mosquito hawk argument. So I just found out recently. Okay, again, in, in all my years of living, uh, oh, what's that? That's a mosquito eater. All right, cool. It's a mosquito eater. All the fucking sudden, somebody uses the term mosquito hawk. And what do you think of when you first hear them? Like, what the fuck is that? You're making that animal what, up. Those, those big ass, the big ass mosquitoes, with the big ass long legs, yeah? Yeah, they eat mosquitoes. Yeah. When you say mosquito hawk, that's a bird, dude. A hawk is a bird, so you can only nah. imagine. Okay, it's a bird that specializes in eating mosquitoes, and I'm just like that. That's okay. No, that's some dumb Midwest like stupid shit. That, like, like nobody really says that. Apparently, it's one of the terms, but the most commonly referred to one is mosquito eater. So I, I, I will also elect that that's the right way to say it. That that's just me throwing it out there. Mosquito I hawk, fucking just dumb. call it. A- crane fly oh my god <laughs> or a mayfly yeah mayfly i call it a mayfly May- mayfly is different though they die after like a day you can call it a mayfly no you can't because it's not an, it's not a mayfly it's a hamburger controller anyway anyways yes let's moving on sarah what's what is, what is in your console <laughs> i played the uh, google doodle today oh yeah I, yeah yeah, I, I haven't played it yet. I heard about it. It's kind of fucking cool. The Google Doodle? Yes. Yeah, it's Google, Google, man. Doodle. They always have the flash thing on the Google, like when you go to the Google homepage. It's a point-and-click adventure game starring an alien that crashes on Earth at, in Roswell, New Mexico. and. Uh, oh, that's got... a game? That's a flash yeah, game? it is, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. pretty cool. It's, it's not bad. It's, it's, uh, there's even a touch. There's, there's a throwback in it to uh, E.T. on Atari. Oh, For perfect. real. And I was like, what? Seriously? No. Well, well that's like buried. You have to go find it. <laughs> uh, well, you fall into a hole. It's about the same shape. Uh, and there's an item at the bottom of the hole. Nice, <laughs> to nice. get out, you got to use the item kind of thing. So, yeah, uh, a, a little throwback there. But, yeah, overall, it was, you know, a fun five minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, I've been playing quite a few different things, as a matter of fact. Um, the first one I want to talk about is Luminous Electronic Symphony on PS Vita. And um, when the fuck did Luminous get so Euro? Like, I don't understand. I think it's been Euro, dude. No, no. It was very, very different feeling on the outset. Because Tetsuya Mizuguchi is the guy behind it, right? But, dude, this feels nothing like his previous work. Um, there's, There's a lot of UK influence. Even the chick that narrates everything has just, like, super thick UK accent. And I don't know. It just didn't grab me like it should have. I looped all the songs. Uh, I got like an 800,000 point score or some crazy thing. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I just I don't think I was feeling it near the end. I I don't know. I can't. 
I can't do Luminous. I've tried, but I can't understand the fundamentals of the, I, the rhythm. I, I, I just heard it was really hard, so I never gave it a chance. <laughs> so, yeah, I am. <laughs> I don't know. The the fundamental... Well, okay. The, the idea behind it is that you're just making squares that are two by two, right? Uh, of the same color. But what you can do is you can stack a bunch of other blocks on top of your uh, your already made squares to make them larger. And like, let's say, for example, that you've got a, a uh, an area that's uh, the same color that's like three by two. Well, that counts as two blocks because you can fit two of them in there, and it goes on like that. But uh, like, I think the long the, the largest one that I had was something like fifty six squares or something ridiculous. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. I've always enjoyed Luminous, but I I don't dig this one. I guess it was worth it for fourteen bucks though. You know, the same dudes who did Luminous, they did a game uh, it was on the DS with Meteos. Yeah, that was an awesome game. Yeah, see, that that's a game that's also much more comprehensive. Like, I don't know, there's... It, it's like... You, I, okay, I want to use the same argument like like P-Cross players. Like, understandably, P-Cross is, is very easy to understand through repeated play, but to explain the concept and... And again, it's it's that argument of barrier of entry all over again. And I don't know, the Luminous never caught me. I felt like I really had, I had no visible indication of what I was doing wrong versus what I was doing right, whether I was successful or, like, you know what I mean? I felt like there wasn't a significant change that, that fucking communicated me even doing anything other than blindly interacting with fucking buttons being pl- uh, pushed. I, I just, I didn't know. So... Yeah, like the the hook is that every stage uh, has a moving timeline that goes to the tempo of the music that's playing, and you, your your goal is to get as many light colored blocks of two by two as you can before they're cleared away by the timeline. So you have to have a really sweet sense of rhythm to really be good at this game. Well, I'm assuming. not even really. Like it's it sort of uh, it bumps up the challenge for certain stages, and you can catch up on other stages, sort of thing, right? But the idea in in doing well in Luminous is that what you want to do is you want to position all of your one color and make it make it as big as possible, but also think about the other color and how the other color falls after they're cleared, so that you can sort of get a double combo going. Dude, I man, I mean, okay, is it is there, it one of those there was, PlayStation there was Plus once deals? Because I think it is. I don't know if it, I don't know if it is or not. I, I bought the hard copy because you know I'm just kind of like that. But at the same time, once upon a time, I used to be number four on the Xbox Live version. I didn't even know there was an Xbox Live version. Yep, Luminous Live. Hmm. And there was one on PS3 called Luminous Supernova, I think. But uh, yeah, my favorite one was definitely the first one on the original PSP. Mm-hmm. That's nice. like I, I got so engrossed in that game. Like I looped the songs three times once. I sat there playing for two and a half hours, a single game of this uh, of this game, right? And uh, like when I was going to sleep, I'd see them. Uh, I'd see the shapes in my uh, in my vision just before I'd fall asleep, and I was working out big, huge combos. And uh, back when my bathroom had tiles in it, my tiles would sort of change color too when I was just kind of showering off. It was ridiculous. It just completely absorbed my entire mind, this game. But uh, this one, not so much. Maybe it's just getting... It, it, it's one of those situations where a puzzle game can only go off the novelty of its uh, 
of its formula for so long if it doesn't uh, change not necessarily shit up. i mean i think i'd go back to the first one if i had the time to do it um and i i fire up the one on xbox live every now and again but uh but yeah uh like what I said, else this are you one, firing up man it has it has a different flavor is all i'm trying to say um me i've been also playing project cross on a lot and uh i think i'm like 20 uh, 20 stages into it and it's pretty fun i don't mind yeah. it actually it, um, it, it's really over the top. That's the thing I like about it. Like, I don't really care about the tactics or the the combat. I just like when you pull off cool shit. There's really not very much in the line of tactics as far as tactical RPGs go. This is about as light as I've ever played them. But uh, I just like but, it because of all like the different character teams and stuff. That yeah, looks- dude. Frank West meets up with fucking Bruno from Dynamite Cop. I yep. remember Dynamite Cop. I fucking Dynamite remember Dicka. it. Wasn't that uh, Die Hard Arcade at one point? Yeah. That, st- that story is so fucking, like, ah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> th- that's the one thing, though. The story in this game is the flimsiest fucking thing of all yeah, time. Like they, how, they, do you, they, how do you justify it, a crossover of three universes, You, you, you can't. They, I mean, it, it's hanging on with a very, very thin thread. And it, it really it's is. Not, it's not three <laughs> universes. Oh, it's like it's like multiple different universes. Because even though it's Namco, it's Namco... Sega. It's Namco, Bandai, Sega, and Capcom. Yeah, even though it's those, there's multiple universes within those three companies. So it's like literally yeah. like twenty, like tens of universes. Chris so Cross. like the the the, uh, the the world obviously that the World Warriors are from, like Street Fighter, right? It's our world, but like the Makai world is of course from Ghosts and Goblins, and then you've got I think that actually coincides, believe it or not, with uh, with Darkstalkers as well. Those two actually exist in the same world, I believe. Hmm. So, I know that, but yeah. There's, there's, there's that sort of a thing. Well, that's just it, right? It's, <laughs> it, it, it's, all, it, it, it's it also flimsy that it just doesn't really matter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Toast is right. It's it's always fun to to pull off the huge attacks with the gratuitous amount of fan service. Yeah, And see, absolutely. that's honestly I, what that game's about. I'm sorry, I, I just finished yeah. taking a big gulp of my um, lime cucumber. And, and then dying. And then dying is <laughs> terrible. Dying hey, on, I put my phone on silent. Well, I thought I did too. <laughs> Mine is on silent. <sighs> so yeah, cross zone. It's an ongoing effort. I'm still enjoying it. I'll, I'll fire it up before I go to bed every night. So it's uh, it's still got its hooks in me. So that's good. Are you excited uh, about Shin Megami Tensei Four? Not as much as I think. Believe it or not, because I I picked up Devil Summoner Soul Hackers. Dude, that did not catch me at all. It's, no, it won't. But honestly, the, the like the one the team that's doing this one, I think it's not going to be Persona, but it's still. Oh I, yeah, I feel, I, I feel like it's something that you're going to get into. As long as it's as good as Nocturne, which was the third one, mm-hmm. yeah, it should be decent. Yeah, I'm pretty so, excited. About I, I've got it pre-ordered. Oh, oh, good. I pre-ordered Hatsune Miku Project Eva F. Dude, that demo! Holy shit! Yeah, I keep demo. on playing the fucking demo. I, I really want to play more. I just wish I could actually get my hands on a game that I could play here, but like this is the first time it's coming to the States. So, so uh, oh, that's something that reminds me. George, did you know that Black Rock Shooter isn't available in Canada? Yeah, you told me this uh, when we... Oh, yeah, before we... Yeah, but these guys didn't know. Black Rock Shooter, not available in Canada. That's Why fun. is that? I don't know, but it's stupid. Huh. <laughs> I keep forgetting that the Canadian uh, PSN market's different than the American, like... Yeah, it is. But, you it's, know, you can get around it just yeah, by making an American it. account. Yeah, but then I'd have to get American funds or an American credit card, both of which I don't have, You can, which sucks. I mean, not really. You can just 
buy the card. Like I said, I dude, I I've bought. I mean, they were like forty bucks, whatever. And I understand they have to turn around a profit, but like I spent forty to fifty bucks on like Japanese, Japanese uh, ones. PSN cards from Play Asia. But uh-huh. like, I can't really do fucking anything now because like my ps3 is just filled to the brim like my ps3 just reminds me every time now like you're under 600 megabytes you're an asshole like get rid of some (laughs) of your games i'm just like nope i don't think so i'll buy another ps3 before that yeah i'll well i you know one of our listeners fucking demi i always feel bad because i don't know if i'll ever say his name right uh he's rosario's brother uh damiano paglione Paglione. sounds about right yeah yeah, dude, he's, yeah, he sent, uh, fucking sent me a 500 gigabyte hard drive for the PS3, and I have yet to like take hmm. the time to learn how to install it or copy shit to it. Yeah, I want to get. I kind of want to get one of the super slims. I don't know if it'll be worth the investment or not, but you no, know, getting, you don't. You don't want don't that. Do it. Fucking, don't do it. No. Getting that extra 300 gigabytes of uh, of hard drive space is kind of tempting. Dude, do just, you have a regular slim or do you have like an oldie? Uh, 120. Was that like the first slim That's model? A, uh, yeah, yeah. Slim. Mm-hmm. yeah, I would not because I, I mean, I got the super slim. It's ugly, and I don't trust that top tray thing. Yeah, it looks like an air purifier, and only that. If you if you do buy PS One games or PS Two games at all, like the emulation is so much. It's far poorer. It doesn't no, have the scaling the, options. It the, doesn't. The do emulation is terrible on mine too. There's all that fucking input lag. If I'm playing a uh, a PS One game, I'm playing it on my Vita. Mm. I the, still the lag I, did, is I didn't find that input lag. Did you know what needed also? Yeah, because because you weren't playing a shmup. Well, I mean, I guess yeah. I'll, I'll have you to need, play. You, I was you playing fucking a fighter, need that fair. Nah, it's that's not even quite the same thing. Getting that that split second dodge when you're going through a crack of bullets, you need the extra that extra fraction of a second, believe me. I will say this though, and I, I like, I don't know if anybody's come across to this. Anytime I download, like, up before I got to the point where I was under 600 megabytes, um, anytime I downloaded a game, uh, I even if I had enough room for it, I couldn't have a, a substantial amount of room. So, for example, if I like downloaded a uh, retail game or a fucking very large game that was like four or five gigs. I had to have 10 gigs in order to download it. I couldn't have 6 gigs. So I'm oh, down. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, you need, so you, you have need that room problem to move. too? Well, no. I, I know how it works, though. Like, you can't just download enough to, to fill up a little, a little bit. You need more because the system has to move files around in order to accommodate it. No, but here's the thing. So here's a fucked up thing. Like, I, down, I, I delete all my older shit. Yeah. And then, uh, then I make the room. And then once I download the, the big daddy fucker... That like uh, required me to to go through the extra effort. I'm able to download everything back that I deleted, and and, and nothing, nothing <coughs> it causes any issue. So I, I sincerely don't understand. Like I think it has to do with file size, though, right? Like the file size. If it's a large file size, you're going to need more resources in order to get that on there. This is ridiculous, man. So ridiculous. Like somehow, like how cumbersome. Like. I sincerely hope that like that sort of architecture is not what we fucking would see from what I would assume is going to be a very, a, a very digital centered uh, fucking move from Sony on the PS4. Well, so they're, I, they're going with are they going with five hundreds or terabytes? Half terabytes or five hundred. All right. Yeah, dude. Like, I I don't know. I it, 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 if anything like that. 
it's going to come to pass, especially when... I mean, dude... Well, can't you just plug in a USB one? I, you can, but it's such a pain in the ass. It really is. How much like, of a pain in the ass is it if you... Like, you could probably get, buy an enclosure for that 500 gigger that you were given and use that instead. Eh, I don't know. I guess different strokes for different folks. <laughs> strokes. It's <sighs> always with you. <laughs> hey... Okay, but yeah, to finish off, uh, Darun and I have been training for our summer episode block on Bullet Heaven. So we've been playing a lot of Bullet Hell. And uh, we finished up filming on Bullet Soul Tamatamashi, which is a pretty good uh, vertical shooter by 5BP, showing that there is life beyond cave. Uh, we tried playing out Muchi Muchi Pork and Pink Sweets. We need more practice on that. Um Escaluda 2, we finished filming on that, and I think that turned out pretty good. There were some pretty sick dodges throughout that entire uh, that entire playthrough. He didn't uh, take my bullet heaven request, though, you guys, and he's a bad person. No, I, it's not that I'm not taking it. It's that I ran out of time this season, but season five is going to have plenty of time for it, believe me. No, you guys, he's lying. He flat out refused me. I wanted him to do the fucking oh, bullet no, heaven okay. on, the, yeah, on the Nokia no. The old Nokia phones. Uh, yeah, because you, know, you know, I've got access to that exact phone, and I can download that particular thing off of a network that doesn't exist anymore. It's right? 2013. It'll work. Uh, oh, I'm sure. I'm pretty, dude, dude. Fucking just camera fuck it, like you did with the Virtual Boy. <laughs> yeah, sounds so technical. If I could do it again. I would actually try to film that with the 3DS. Oh no, no! I won't watch I think- it. I would work. I think it would work. Mm, you are fucking treading dangerous water. <laughs> Why don't you buy there? Okay, there are pre-constructed 3ds's that are built for streaming. Yeah, I know, but they're like 400 bucks. And eh, 300. Fuck it, I'm I'm fucking probably gonna get one for when we do more play plays and and all probably, that shit. Here's the other thing. I kind of want to get a Neo Geo. Hmm. So Neo Geo or modded 3DS? I'm not really keen on the modded 3DS because there just isn't enough to justify it just yet. Maybe, I don't know, two years from now when the price goes down or something. Maybe. Man, but I haven't bought any new fucking carts for my cab in so long. My cab's just hanging out there being a fucking centerpiece. Oh, no, I just want to get an AES and get it over with. God, is it weird that you can find cabs cheaper than AESs? Yeah, I don't know. I think you can buy them cheaper from Japan. I don't mind the Japanese text. I don't. I can get past that. Mm, man. Fucking Neo Geo. I've got, I've got a Japanese dictionary. I do my own translations. It's awesome. Dude, just like, if you were fucking smart and you were on VidPower like 20 years ago, you were the fucking smart kid that immediately dove for the fucking Neo Geo to put on your Velcro vest of nonsense. <laughs> Yeah, if only, right? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Hindsight 2020, I'd have gotten a Sega Saturn instead of uh, an N64. I'll be honest. Oh, man, you gotta gotta get in on that Pilot Wings and Charlie's Big Blast and Chameleon. Eh. But that stuff is so available nowadays. You look at Panzer Dragoon Saga, for example. I remember seeing that on the shelf for sixty bucks. I want to play Albert Odyssey so bad. Oh, it's so good. I love it. Uh, I want to play it so bad. Uh, but yeah, to finish off here, uh, Deruna actually got her very first 1cc. I'm so proud. She did it in Mushihime-sama Futari. I saw that post, yeah, man. That, yep. But I, I, we need to play under Sayer's tutelage. I have no <laughs> idea what that means. Well, 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 Dude, Blood Princess, dog! 
It's mm. one of the like really good shmups. It's actually uh-huh. like it's it's I don't know. I don't have anything against shmups. I like them, but to me, they're all the same. So they're just they're very like they're they're very much like oh you know I enjoy my fill and then I'm done. I just I yeah. couldn't I couldn't yeah, imagine. But- the thing is, like the way I see it, uh, the scoring mechanics, especially with more modern shooters, the scoring mechanics are the main hook. It's not just getting from point A to point B, because yeah, at the end of the day, you're scrolling either left or right, or you're scrolling up or down, and you're shooting a bunch of shit with a, an absurdly powerful cannon. Uh, but when it comes down to the points, like I did the arrangement on Mushihime Sama Futari, and I managed to <laughs> somehow get. Over a billion points. <laughs> so, that when when you play for score, it's a lot different than just playing for survival, right? And I think that's if you can get uh, behind the scoring aspect of the games, there's a lot that they've got much longer legs than uh, than you might expect. If I can't take a picture of the score with a Polaroid camera and then send it into Electronic Gaming Monthly to post in their letter section, I'm, I'm over it. Yeah, Xbox Live though, dude. There's I, that. There's that. There's that. Hey. I'm still number two in Raiden Fighters Jet, though. That was something. You got a higher score now, though. I did, yes. I managed to mm-hmm. get it up from 54 million to 55.5. I'm coming after you, Sarah. You know I'm doing. I'm going to do it. <laughs> be the best. I still have to beat 96 million. That's not going to be easy to I do. I think I'm just going to pop in a random shmup one day and beat one of Sarah's scores again just to fucking piss him off. I mean, I didn't even do it intentionally <laughs> the first time, but now I just kind of want to. Nah, you just outranked me, and uh, you, you didn't beat my score. You just put more time into it than I did. So. Right, well, fuck yeah, it. I'll, do it. I'll do it again. What now? I'll do it again. I got I got friends that can fucking do shit while I'm working. No, I'm sure. <laughs> um, hey, but yeah, other, other than that, uh, that's pretty much what I've been up to. Hey, you guys, I bought an ooh yeah. Oh goodness. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so um, I reviewed the what in my opinion is the killer app. For the Ouya, uh, I got to meet with the creator and whatnot, and uh, I did a preview for it at GDC. And like that fucking game came a long way in time for its Ouya launch. And uh, Towerfall, man, Towerfall is where it's at. It is that is Smash Brothers. It it is Smash Brothers, but with skill. And the reason why I say that, and, it, and it's a very defining factor, is that with Smash Brothers, everything is determined on a variable of individual character abilities and shit like that. But take the core fundamentals of, like, the frenetic, like, fucking hop or shoot, like, kill or be killed fucking movement, along with the dodges and all the maneuvering, and then just level it out to where it's all dependent on an individual person's skill. As opposed to like you know gimme gimmies or comfortability with a uh, with a particular character's moveset, and then throw that in this like bubble bobble stage environment that fucking shifts like every round, dude. It's insane. Like I, it is it is honestly become one of the funnest party games that we've had at the house. And what's really cool too is like. I'm going to be honest with you, the, the, the thing that I hate the most. I'm going to talk about. It, I, I have like an article coming up where I can go more into detail about it. But I, I'm really digging the Ouya right now. In fact, I, I've, I'm really jealous that Brian Crescente got his fucking piece out about it before I did because he really has the exact same sentiment I do, I do towards it, even to the verbiage, because like, it, is, it is 100%, I say this fully and confidently, a fucking hot mess of a system. It just, half the time, you don't really know what's going on with it, and the other time, you don't really need to, because you, you, you eventually kind of stumble on what you need to do. 
But that UI is is fucking garbage. Like that is the worst user interface I have ever used because it 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 hardly communicates anything. Like a lot of it has to do with like this minimalist like uh, theme that goes on. Like, all right, here's some here's some of the featured games. Here's some of like games that people recommend or whatnot. And then you download it to a queue that you have no access to view the progress of. Because uh, it's an invisible queue that's in the background that you can't access. In fact, the only way you can access it is if you go to your dashboard and it might appear there, or if you go back to the uh, the the game page itself and see a meter that's filling up that you have no idea why because it's not even labeled that it's downloading. It's just a meter that appears over the image of the game. Like it's just got fucking horrible user interface. Um, that controller. Man, that controller is not as sleek as it looked in that Kickstarter video. <laughs> um, game, Dad. Yeah, that like, dude, in in a GDC, it was fucking awful. I I was just like very skeptical. I'm like, oh shit. I I can safely say, and like, this is the most fucked part. I think this is like my biggest issue with it. And like, I understand that it's it's more or less common sense. Or I I would even say like logic that you know this sort of situation would happen, but. Man, the Kickstarter kits, like, are so fucking flawed in comparison to the full retail version. Because, like I said, I, I, I just paid enough to where, like, I got my own personal account and I got some perks towards games and whatnot. I didn't, like, buy enough to get it early and get it sent out to me. In fact, the most fucked up part is, like, the people who did that didn't even get their Ouyas on the first day. They had to wait, like, a week while people can just go to the store and buy them. Um. <laughs> buy a better version of it at that right? yeah exactly and like it's so fucked but like the ouya itself definitely needs some patching uh which i hope they're already talking about doing another patch soon because there are certain games that you can't exit out of properly like the most fucked part is that like the the guide button is the pause button um just n- none of the games really accentuate w- what it is so that like that controller is garbage uh but it has a very open structure to where it's it's very, I don't know, it's really friendly towards things. So, like, for example, an Ouya controller is 50 bucks. I didn't, I didn't buy a second one. However, I have two wired Logitech USB controllers for my PC. They work just fine. I mean, it, it, they work in the way you would expect a wired USB 360 controller to work. Um, you can even use a PS3 controller. However, that's a, it's a terrible, like, fucking mishmash of... of dog shit because the the ps3 controller if you want to talk about input lag if you don't even get input in it won't even work half the time so i i definitely recommend if you have a wired usb pc controller that will work in your ouya um that thing gets fucking stupid hot like i'm talking stupid hot like i wouldn't like i i have i have absolutely no surprise uh in store like i completely expect for the Ouya to have its own little version of a red ring. Just like from the fact that everything in it is so compact and small and it has no ventilation. None. So, I mean, if you're playing it for more than an hour, an hour and a half, and like a lot of it's even got like this chrome design to it, like it, it'll be hot. Like, I don't think the the design of it was meant to cater to long play. Like there's fucking there there's it's definitely gonna need some work. Like I, I would I, I would expect depending on the success of the idea behind it, 
uh, a revision console coming out soon. But I mean, other than that, it's it's a sleek little fucking bastard. It's just hanging out right next to my PCFX. I dig it. Um, and dude, publishing on that thing is so stupid. I messed around with a game developer uh, little tool set. I could make the shittiest game ever right now, you guys, and put it on Ouya. Like that. With absolutely you know, you, little or you, no effort. You know what you just described to me, literally, the entire time you were talking about the Ouya? You, you, honestly, you just described to me a phone. <laughs> it, it, dude, and it, it gets hot. It's not meant for gaming long time. Uh, you know, um, uh, terrible games you can put on there. Anyone can do it. It sounds like an Android phone. <laughs> so yeah, but, awesome. <laughs> I guess it's cheaper uh, than an Android phone. It is cheaper and, than Android and, phone. And, 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 and no service plan. And, and not only that, uh, multiplayer, like totally accessible multiplayer. And it pretty much is just base Android. Like literally, base Android is not is yeah. not even hidden that well. So you always can online load, though, huh? You can sideload everything into it. DRM the enemy. <laughs> no, no, no. Here's the thing: once you download the games, because like servers went down, once you download everything, you can play them the games offline. It's oh, okay. if the but if the game needs a patch to work. Like, say, it's just like, oh, there's a patch out, and you need to download it. And then, like, the servers are down, then you're fucked. Like, mm-hmm. and you need, and, like, I will say this. The one thing that really pissed me off is uh, the, the box that just touts all this accessibility towards setting it up. The thing had, man, that thing was just as much of a bitch to set up as the Wii U was. It, it fucking sucked. Um, but I, I got everything together, and so far, I mean, all, all the stupid indie games other than Towerfall, I mean, I was able... Like, Nimble Quest, for example, is something that um, I got to fucking play on my iPhone that I really en- enjoyed. And this version on the Ouya has multiplayer support. So, I mean, again, imagine, like, some of the stuff you've already seen on phone, but you can do more with it, and it's like... Where, where traditional games, traditional, like, fucking weird games... You could you could see on phone, but don't don't exactly carry out so well. They they definitely work for the Ouya. Um, emulation that I've seen, some of it's good and some of it's bad. But yeah, there's like an emulator for everything. There's an emulator for MSX games. So uh, <laughs> I, I the the one emulator I've been like the only one that I've really been interested in between the two actually. So there's two is a PC Engine emulator, which, like, I have a PC Engine. It's it's literally hooked up to the same fucking TV I have the Ouya hooked up to. So I'm just <laughs> like, that's a little bit superfluous. But at the same time, like, oh, you know. If, but then, like, I'm not, I'm not an emulation guy anyway. However, something that I've always wanted to get, and I think personally is a fucking bitch, like, if, if somebody were to tell me I'm emulating this system, I, I would absolutely have, like, no judgment placed towards it whatsoever because the actual like authentic experience of playing it is so fucking cumbersome that I, I usually I just don't have the patience for it and like I'm a dude that'll blow in the cartridges to get shit to work so you have to understand that like if, if I can give no fucks like it, it's pretty serious and that's the uh, Commodore 64 well, so Jesus. yeah like the fact that you have to wait like an authentic Commodore 64 will sometimes demand 10 minutes of your time to fucking boot up a game and that's if you entered in the right DOS prompt fuck all that dude nice. like just give me a rom give me a rom and a button to push and i'm like oh there we go i'm playing the last ninja or i'm playing fucking transformers or superman or some other commodore 64 game i have no bit like i'm playing the great guiana sisters and i'm and i'm cool there there you go um which is that that's been cool to fuck around with um i don't know i'm really liking it no dude like being able to play a game like no parking valet and just like that nonsense or 
I mean, even then, uh, I, I got to mess with like some of the heavy hitters that were being promoted, like Chrono Blade, which I mean, it looks good. Like there are games mm-hmm. that look really good. There's a uh, Shadow Gun. Did which, you uh, did you mess around with Final Fantasy three? I did, and it looks great. Like everything nice. scaled to like as far as the upscaling that they've done for existing games, they it's all done very well. Uh, like the, the the structure involved with developing for it, I as far as I'm understanding, is very easy to work with. Like the tool sets, I mean, it's it's not only compatible with um, Android, but they're talking about doing a newer version that'll be compatible with Unity. I mean, once that fucking gets involved like and and they're gonna apply the same sort of mentality and politics towards development like then like i really feel like the ouya would be something to look out for but i mean the thing is i feel like it's gonna be at that point saturated in a market with shit like the game stick which Mm. personally Uh, well uh, the big question is do you think they'll uh include 3d support i don't i don't know no to be honest like there it's it's baffling because like, there's a number, there's a number of 3D phones out there that are much like the 3DS, right? So how hard could it be? You're gonna need a 3D set, though. I mean, yes. unless they do like you need a, a 3D set anyway. But if you happen what, what, to have a 3D set, what's the fake 3D that like you just need glasses for, but you can use a standard display or high def oh, display? Pff, I don't know. Like Sonic Generations did it. Yeah, I'm not talking about that though. I'm talking about like you know true 3D set. Yeah, I, the, honestly, the the penetration rate for people who honestly own those in their in their in their household, as far as an average number, I don't think that would warrant. You know, I mean, it's easy for like portables. I mean, like a 3ds, for example, which is built around it, or you know, phones that have 3D capability. I mean, their phones, they of course their their primary objective is to serve you know as a phone. So in, in those kind of uh, Outlets, I, I would assume, you know, that's where those games will stay. I don't think any of that's going to come to Ouya. The Ouya is already, like, I will say this for anybody, the feeling of going through the Ouya's market is the same I would compare it to going through Xbox Live Indies arcades market, except the box art is way prettier looking. It's a crapshoot. You don't know what the hell you're going <laughs> to get too much. Well, no, but that's the thing. You can, like, every game you can just play. And some of the games, like, you get half of the game, you get a quarter of the game. Uh, a lot of games are completely free, like Chrono Blades, free. I mean, that's the thing, though. It doesn't communicate that to you at fucking all. That's a part of the terrible UI. So there is no price on a game page or anything. I mean, unless the, the, the fucking author of or the lister was courteous enough to uh, list it uh, within the description, you'll randomly hit a block within... The game that's just like, hey, if you want to experience more, why don't you buy it right now for only this much? And if not, you go back to the title screen. I mean, that's probably <laughs> that's probably the most generous you'll get. Uh, other times, you won't even like you'll get halfway through a game before it throws it at you. Other times, you want to buy the game and you have no idea how to do it, and you know you have to. So you have to like pretty much like there'll be an option in Towerfall, for example. This is how I was able to buy Towerfall. Towerfall is essentially free. Unless I try to access a certain stage or view an achievement. There'll be like an achievement that said I got, but I don't know what it is. And then when I try to view it, then it gave me the option to buy it. However, there's no option to buy it directly from the title screen. It's just, it's it's so, like, the UI's fucked sometimes. Sometimes it's a scavenger hunt. But, I mean, it's a hot mess. I've had fun with it so far. That controller... Is, is good for what it is, and then sometimes it sucks. A uh, novel thing about it, too, is there's a touchpad 
in the middle of the controller, um, which is, you know, I've, I've used it for some points and it was cool. And other points it wasn't as responsive. And that controller also gets kind of hot because there's no battery port for it. You literally have to pry the controller apart. You, you pry it apart like you take it, you cut it in half and there's no indent for you to do it either. So, like, you have to use brute strength, which I think is, like, the most fucking ridiculous thing. And it, it even uses battery ribbons. So that way, that, because that's the only way you can pull the battery out of the well. Like, that, I, that, like that, that fucking mindset sounds like it was an accessory developed for something back in the 90s. But, uh, yeah, no, it's been fun to fuck with. Uh, Towerfall, I, I would say that that $15 game is totally worth getting a new, yeah. It is that fucking fun, and it's not coming out to the PC. But Matt Thorson's been able to make some some good money off of it. In like Nimble Quest, the Sonic the Hedgehog four episodes, uh, Wind Up Night, uh, League of Evil, which by the way plays a lot better on the Ouya. For all those people who are like, man, I wish I didn't have to deal with shitty touchscreen controls. There you go, it, and it it's fucking it works there. I mean, it, it's worth taking a look. Did um, oh, what's that game? right on the tip of my tongue just now never mind yeah so essentially that's that's all i mean i played a lot of games for review oh i lied super hexagon is that on there yet uh no but terry cavanaugh is planning to get it on there sick yeah i mean there's games coming out for it all the time you just got to sift through some shit there's there's the android Android maybe i'll drop a hundred i'll drop a hundy on it who knows (coughs) excuse me yeah Mm. dude it's worth a hundo i I would spend a hundo on it Can can i stream netflix uh, no, but you can stream Twitch. You, know. uh, you can side, oh, probably yeah. sideload a Netflix app into it, I would imagine. If I can stream Netflix, I'll buy it just to make it a Netflix box that plays shitty Android games. <laughs> well, that's the thing, though. There's, there's like hardly any... The only output option it has is HDMI. That's Lame. okay. And what's funny is, like, you know how I got like that first-generation HD CRT TV? It had mm-hmm. one HDMI output, so that's what I connected my Ouya to. Because, like, my fucking high-def TV is all taken up. I still have no idea what I'm going to do when I get a PS4 and an Xbox One. Like, fucking no clue. I don't even know if there is a, a HDMI switch box in the manner that there is oh, for there, composite switch boxes. There's got to be. There has to be. I don't know. I don't know what asshole would need that other than me, <laughs> to be uh. honest. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat, but then again, I like to use composite uh, or sorry, component anyway. So, oh fuck, component. Mm-hmm. Well, Ooh, now I got what are you talking about? It goes all the way up to 1080i. I got a component cables for my PSP, so I got to fuck around and play Printy on my okay. TV. Uh, the, so weird thing, um, all the PS1 games are scaled to fit. Like I have a 42 inch TV, they mm-hmm. all scale fucking beautifully. And they look amazing. Like even weirdly enough, they look slightly better than they would on my PS3. And I have the upscaling up all the way on my PS3, so it's even weirder that it looks better through. Not my Vita, no, not Vita, PSP, PlayStation Portable. So it was really right. It's, it's native hardware, right? Is that what we're getting at here? Well, I, I pretty much no playing PS1 games off of that oh well yeah okay yeah yeah it's weird that 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 i got that to look, and that's through component cable and like component in, in in a sense it doesn't stand a fucking doesn't even hold a candle to hdmi it's a whole thing it's just weird like i really wish i could do some sort of comparison video to fucking weird people out over um 
But the PSP games themselves uh, do not scale to the 42-inch TV. There's one yeah. that I think does. So it's weird. Like, there's just this very fucking jarring black border amongst, yeah. like, a very, like, the, the what would you would imagine being a PSP-sized rectangle that holds the display. <laughs> it is quite the large, uh, yeah, frame. Yeah, so it's... <laughs> Uh, and it, and it kind of you know that saddens me because that was a outlet that I had to stream PSP games and it's not going to look good unless I I don't I don't even know I don't even have the know how to like modify or fuck with that at all. Like live or just to record? Um, either, either to be honest. But I'm well, yeah, sure. unless you've got something that'll record a record com- component, it's not going to work out for you. Because games won't go through a stand, yeah, games won't go through the standard one, eh? Yeah. Hey, but that's it. That's all that's been in my console. Let's talk about let's let's go to the feature topic first off. Sure. Let's uh let's hear what me and Sarah uh, discuss with the megas. That's your first half, and then afterwards, fucking back back to this. Music. Yay. Music. So a man was hospitalized earlier. Uh, he had six plastic horses shoved up his bum. And the doctors didn't know what to do. Uh, but sooner or later, they came to a diagnosis. And as we asked about the man's condition, the doctor replied, it's stable. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what do I say about that joke? Nay, I say nay. I don't got any good horse jokes locked and loaded. Unfortunately, <laughs> I just, I just, I, I don't know. I, I kind of thought about them. Just like, now, is there a horse joke book to be? Because there's so many fucking no, but there's jokes. probably there's probably a people with in the hospital with stuff shoved up there. You know what? <laughs> joke books. That's, That's actually a very common problem. My sister no, works in the, from the ER. A- tales from the ER. Yeah, it's one of those uh, little the, toilet. The books. anal files. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't mean to make light of anybody's cauliflower butt, but I figured, you know, might as well just uh, 
get we we can just go ahead and move past on to the the swelling of any fucking apricot wounds that we can only imagine would be caused by such insertion. And You're so eloquent, George. I I I, I beg to differ. Um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, don't believe got, everything. We got a music special, you guys. Uh, we so we, okay, so we're not doing the Last of Us Games Club because and, fucking Andrew sucks at video games. Like, I don't even know why he bothers. So uh, we we decided, hey, we've been talking about doing this music special podcast for a while. So we're going to do it. And it's going to be a very weird show because it's going to be a lot of different recordings with different people that we get to talk to. Um, two awesome people that we've suckered into uh, showing up is a nice little fraction of one of our uh, favorite bands within the uh, quote-unquote video game muse-centric slash new wave slash alternative rock slash slash media. Um, there you go. <laughs> Way yeah, to break I, that's, down. The, that's the technical term. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, but we've got Eric and Brian from the Megas. What's up, what up everybody? Fellow yeah, hey. listeners. We appreciate up, you internet? guys uh, showing up. You guys uh, have a busy year too. With uh, you guys were able to re- release your uh, history repeating record since you guys. You guys, I remember did the uh, Spark the War EP, which was kind of like an allusion to that. And now you guys got that. And yeah, dude, fucking excellent. Well, nice, so thanks, good. man. But, yeah, uh, yeah, we are very proud of it, and we can't wait to get the next half done. Um, and that's what we're working on right now. I was actually doing some recording on it today. Yeah, so if you know, like I said, I know you guys can't really talk. I, I, I would assume you guys can't talk about it too much, but um, the way you guys split up, because I, I originally thought, I mean, it's 10 songs, and you guys, um, instead of going through a straightforward play, like, okay, we're going to take stage uh, songs from each of the Robot Masters and then do some Wiley stuff, you guys actually, with this one, you were a little bit more. I, w- I wouldn't say instead of it, you know, uh, the previous record didn't sound like it was constricted, but it sounded like it had a format. This one, it sounds like you guys are just doing a lot of exploratory stuff, and like e- even with like the experimental uh, sounds that you put in, say, like Sparked a War, especially that intro to like fucking um, Magnet Man song that I always forget. I know I just I just bought the record like a couple weeks ago. So, um, but yeah, you I guys. Love that theme. Yeah, no, yeah. they, it's it, dude, it's pretty legit because like these guys, they fucking, they got they got a magic with their limericks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know. I, I guess is there a question in there that I'll try and answer? Is is where I'll go. Uh, basically, the first album we did, uh, which was called Get Equipped, we didn't know it was going to be an album when we started, so. We just kind of made songs, and then we're like, hey, we got this many songs. Let's put it on a CD. But uh, with History Repeating, we sat down and plotted the whole thing out from the get-go. So, um, you know, in terms of storytelling, in terms of everything else, I think it's going to make a lot more sense and be more cohesive, even though we got a little more uh, experimental with sound. But we got a new member, uh, Brian, here between these two albums. So that really helped. Help take us in different directions, which we needed. The synth direction. Yeah. Yeah, like the best to... direction. Yeah. <laughs> so there, so. there is one question I, I, I just want to personally throw out there because mm-hmm. this, is, this is me being an asshole, but like I promise the question won't be uh, 
correlated with the same association. Um, Megatainment, <laughs> that that yes. that EP, dude, that beautiful fucking EP with uh, some Mega Man One licks. Have you guys ever thought about expanding on that, or did you want to just leave like that? That was the territory you guys wanted to explore with that game, and just left it at that. Um, well, what happened with that CD is um, it was with Entertainment System, who's uh, going in and out of existence now. Um, I think they might be out again. They're all doing different things, but basically, they made the music and we sang the lyrics. So it was a, it was a, oh, it was a joint. Split. It was a joint. That's why it's called Megatainment. So Mega is an entertainment system. Oh, so, Puns so, so yeah, awesome. genius, right? And uh, <laughs> and so, you know, we've ta- every time we hang out, which is several times a year, we go, guys, we should really, you know, take that EP and make a whole Mega Man One record out of it. And everyone's like, yeah, and we're like, cheers, and we're drinking and fucking, and then it doesn't happen. So, uh, you know. We we've talked about it. We thought about it. We have ideas, but it takes a really long time to make a record. I'd I mean, imagine so, especially when it's, don't realize that. Yeah, it's especially when it's a professional studio production. It's not something that's yeah. just fucking being handled with GarageBand in a dark, dank room. Yeah, and and we strive to make everything really good. And you know, part of the reason this album took so long is you know. We the get equipped represents basically the first draft of every song we wrote. I don't know if that makes sense, but history repeating is the best draft or the best version. You know, we we've written some songs like ten different ways to see kind of what works best. So it's uh it takes it takes a really long time. So. I mean, it, it, it sounds like, like I said, you guys already got the first half down. You guys are already doing uh, Red being the second half. And then I'm assuming from there, uh, I, don't, I don't know whatever you guys... I mean, it sounds like you guys already have your plates full to really consider what would possibly happen next. And then uh, I believe you guys are not, not necessarily touring, but you guys are still playing shows in between all this, right? Yeah, we like to call it the mega season. Uh, you know, it's like from from July to... January, and then we take we take a kind of break because there's nothing going on. But we're about to start Mega Season Eight or Nine or whatever it is. How long <laughs> we've been together? And uh, yeah, hopefully this album will be done before that. Before I mean, there's gar- absolutely no guarantees. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's gonna be done before that. But we're trying to get it you guys just taking the duke Duke forever approach man it'll be finished when it's finished it's finished when it's finished because it'll be good when it's finished that's right so so that's Um, what you have to wait for unlike duke nukem unlike duke yeah right (laughs) well all right so we got you guys together and you know people may not appreciate the irony in it but i i can totally see it considering the fact that fucking dude we all play video games for realsies as of late. We haven't really had a lot of chance to play video games for funsies. The fucking the last video game I played for funsies was like some uh, parkour game on the Ouya called Vector, and then fucking No Breaks Valet also on the Ouya, which I can assure you is a, a lot funner than it fucking sounds. But still, that that <laughs> was that, that was the extent of my funsies. And you know, considering you guys are you know really fucking so closely tight-knit into following a uh, a a regimen uh towards your schedule for the uh, album production 
I, I don't know if you guys have had a lot of time to actually, you know, fit in some funsies gaming. So this will be this will be a nice little fun experiment. But yeah, a lot of the correlation in regard to this music special as well as we are getting together and we are picking our favorite songs from the seventh generation of video games. So essentially the last fucking eight years of the PlayStation 3, Wii and Xbox 360 PC and other assorted devices. Nothing like of the Gizmondo or Tiger Electronics uh, variety. But something fucking uh, in the licit realm. And yeah, we were, uh, we'll go ahead and let, I don't know if you guys want to take a backseat real quick and then hear some of our choices, but uh, me, and, me and Sarah have already got our choices lined up, and we're curious to hear your guys' choices. Okay, last now series. let me ask you a question. How long did it take you to prepare these two uh, favorites that you are going to set? Because we just got the question, so <laughs> yeah. out of eight years of gaming, I don't know if I can... Uh, truthfully answer it. I can come up with something quick, but it certainly won't be the... Uh, the it might be. Deal. Might be. Might be. Just follow your instincts, Brian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It could We'd... be like the last two games I played. <laughs> yeah. So. so what Brian's trying to say is we're going to say some stuff, but don't like get angry be like, and say you, that's your you absolute pick... favorite game. Yeah. We're just going to go with some songs we like. Dude, about that? anger over the internet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Come on, man. <laughs> no, no. We don't know anything about that. Nah, the podcast is all about fun and mostly making James feel like an asshole. I, right. I don't know. You, well, you well, don't you, know. Yeah, why don't you guys go first, and then I have a couple ideas, um, and I'll think about think about. Well, who here? Who here in this wonderful little cast of fucking personalities has played a little uh, indie gem that may not uh, arguably be considered indie anymore, uh, named Journey? Uh, I, I, have I have not seen it played. Uh, I have not played it myself. So there's a uh, particular moment within Journey uh, that uh, a certain track comes on. It's the track 17 of the uh, composition uh, by the name of Hypothesis. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think there's a there's a subtle tranquility involved with the the track that kind of enforces the undertones that the game suggests because the game has no clear sense of direction nor does it, it really enforce any objective or direction. Like, there, there's nothing that's really piloting you other than the sheer sensation of moving around and, and just essentially interacting with your environment directly. And that there's a particular song near the end to where you almost built a rapport. You kind of have more of a uh, loosely affinitive idea of, of how you're exploring this world and how you, how you would move about it. And uh, there's a rhythm within the song that kind of propels uh, and interacts with what you do contextually within the game. Uh, that's really awesome. I mean, it has its own orchestral composition, but uh, and I and that's what I'm picking. But the the song itself kind of I don't know. It really there there's a lot of uh, what I what I oh, we all hear the mood music in this particular uh, example from the, from the soundtrack just exemplifies that entire philosophy of mood music it's just something that basically brings the environment and the visuals all together and and i don't know it sinks in tune with what you do in the game and it's it's, it's another organic piece it's not something that you hear in the background it's not something that uh i, I it, it doesn't feel like a component more or less but a part of a a bigger experience just like journey in itself it, it, you know deceptively is 
So I don't know. I'm going to go ahead and drop that in and then let you guys enjoy it. Excellent. Sweet. Yeah, it was uh, it was actually something that was uh, even nominated for. Uh, it was in the Grammys. It's fucking. It was nuts. Yeah. Uh, this soundtrack actually did win a lot of awards at the at GDC, uh, the Game Audio Network Guild Award Show this year. Austin Wintry was up there probably three or four times. It won uh, Music of the Year, uh, Best um, Instrumental, and Best Pop Song. Which was another track, actually, not for Apotheosis, but uh, yeah, a lot of uh, 
lot of good uh, notoriety there for for Austin. So, yeah. Well, the thing is, again, even with like there, there's a shirt, there's a certain appreciation just for the composition within itself because it has a, it just has a very uh, concentrated tempo towards like movement, and see with journey with with very little direction or anything going on movement's the only thing you really have to go off of so out of all the tracks like that's one that i feel like enforces that that mindset alone and and clearly exemplifies what i consider mood music so definitely my pick for like something that's just uplifting in any sense of regard just within the last generation for sure yeah i agree it's i feel like it's hard i mean i I, again you were saying there's it's definitely like a good composition but it's hard to remove the song from the experience because that's a huge part of it you know yeah that's the one thing i feel like it's something that you can appreciate but it's uh like every everybody kind of just they they have some sort of catalyst for for what they associate like a particular gaming experience be it a a portion of the game that you know, generates a memory or just the, the sheer, just a sheer visual of like a, a logo, the graphics or the music. And, you know, Journey's music, I think, stands above and beyond. I mean, granted, the visuals and the, the, the symmetry of the movement and what you do between that and the visuals, they, they have a very symbiotic relationship. But just hearing Journey, I feel like kind of sets in the tone what you would imagine in your head from just past playing it but even even those who haven't played journey and will hear the music will, will, will i don't know they, they they draw they draw a contrast of some kind of beauty that's involved with it and that's why i pick it when it when the music can uh, speak for itself on that regards i got a very deep sense of urgency within it yeah and that like i said that's that's a whole i feel like the underlying tone with, with movement being such an emphasis that you're 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 moving to the music with the music and for the music, and I know that sounds like such a that may sound over exaggerated, but it between all the other tracks and within the particular moment, it, it's definitely one of the uh, one of the factors that stands out above and beyond. So uh, I think that's, that's an accurate. It's an accurate analysis. I like it. I'll buy it. <laughs> well, it's 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 yours for sale. I mean, I don't know. I. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't exactly prepare a a fucking cart of sundries to sell my opinions. Damn it! I knew I picked the wrong calling in life. Sarah, what, what what's one of your picks, sir? All right. Well, the first of my two picks here. Um, it's not going to be from a game that most people know. Not to sound all hipster or anything, but uh, anyone who knows me knows that I'm very big into the shmup genre of video games. And uh, I had to think really hard about what uh, my favorite tracks are going to be for this particular thing, right? So it took me a while to figure out uh, what exactly to pick because there's been a lot of good stuff like Shoji Meguro's uh, soundtrack for Persona 4, for example, and uh, and many of the other larger uh, larger scores that were in you know the big AAA uh, titles and such. But uh, I found that the ones that stuck with me and resonated most were the ones that sort of instilled a sort of sense of nostalgia within them. And uh, the first one here that I've got is a title uh, from Under Defeat HD, which is a, uh, a shmup developed by G-Revolution. It originally saw a release on Japan with uh, composi- uh, you know, music composition by uh, Shinji Hosoi. But uh, the PS3 version 
had a new version within it, which had a completely new soundtrack by a, an up-and-comer named Yosuke Yasui. And uh, what was really cool about this particular piece was that it started off with Shinji Hosoi's original music, but then it morphed into a really retro-inspired 80s, uh, 80s-centric piece, which really sort of felt to me as if it came straight out of a, a classic anime called Pat Labor, which was one of my very favorites. So uh, here is uh, the tune, The Way That Brings an End. And yeah, dude. Okay, so and again, shmups are a niche genre. We've all, we, I mean, we've always talked about that. However, there's if there's one thing I will definitely applaud them for is that they they kind of wear it like a badge of honor. Like they wear it fucking flat on their sleeve. Like this, uh, there's just this prevalent sense of nostalgia for just the video game culture from you know whence it was like super big in because in the 90s, like fucking shmups were the thing, especially in Japan. Okay. And like, well, let's let me, let me pause for a second. Uh, what the? Tell me what the acronym is for. I had to Google it. <laughs> shoot 'em up. Yeah. It's it's a contraction for shoot 'em up. Shoot 'em up. Okay. All right. Yeah. So like, uh, I would say life force. Uh, totally shoot 'em up. Uh, fucking Raiden. Definitely yeah, another. Gradius, Radiant Silver Gun. Ikaruga is Gradius one of the more one of my favorite games of all time. There you go. Yeah, so those those kind of games always kind of rooted themselves in a, like I don't know if it to me when I think of shmups I usually think of like synth metal rock like nearly every, nearly every game kind of roots itself within that, that musical aesthetic like that that genre not not to say that it's constricted to it it's not not like a, a limiting association but it's something that they always try to find and expand and I mean under defeat yeah. Like it's a it's a modern ass game. It's got fucking modern ass architecture in in its design, but it's still stick with with a you know a retro shmup formula. And in doing so, I feel like the music kind of you know hangs within that same philosophy. It's, I mean, it's all it's all fucking real hot metal licks with some synth, but it's done within like to the point where instead of being like this loop thing like it's a fucking it's a real composed song it's got breakdowns it's got fucking like lead-ins and fucking outros like i don't know i've i've personally always thought that some of the music's been a bit contrived within certain shmup games yeah raiden is notorious for that it actually borders on the stock feeling of uh, oh yeah here's here's a piece that would go good in this sort of a game but i mean especially when you can compare that to stuff like hitoshi sakamoto's soundtrack for radiant silver gun where that just has that huge orchestral epic feel to it or or even uh ikaruga for example with its otherworldly sounding soundtrack that you just it sounds unlike anything else you've ever heard yeah i mean there, there, there is definitely a uh, 
I don't know. It, it, it as far as the feeling that it's supposed to instill, I'm getting it. But at the same time, it's still it, it also feels new again, and it, it it definitely distinguishes itself from other shmups. So I yes. do. Yeah, I thought it was a great track. I mean, uh, it's definitely nostalgic. Uh, it has all the that '80s um, sort of synth rock elements to it. I mean, it definitely hurt. I, I thought I was hearing a, a game song from the '80s, but just done with better instruments. Uh, so in that respect, I thought it was very nostalgic. And you know, when you play a game, you know these top-down shooters, the the shmups, I guess, as you uh, <laughs> as you cool kids call them. Yeah. By the way, my favorite... Uh, Lovingly embrace the term. <laughs> I, I'll embrace it. Uh, learn something new today, new today. My favorite shmup uh, was, I don't know if you guys remember this, Viper Phase 1. Oh, sick, yes. Yeah. Played the hell That's out of that. It's actually made by the same guys that made, that made Raiden, in fact. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, uh, and the ship uh, is called the Judge Spear. It makes uh, an appearance in Raiden Fighters Aces for Xbox 360. Wow. Okay, did not know that. So Dude, it, uh, it's, a, it's a dedicated culture, man. He fucking surprises me with this all I'm the time. I'm talking to a historian here. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, so. you know, so I'm 75 episodes into a review show dedicated to it, so oh. I, I should know what I'm talking <laughs> about, I hope. But yeah, when you play a game like this, all you, in terms of the music s- supporting the gameplay, I mean, all you really have is the melody. And, you know, I think in modern games, the melody is, you know, there's not a, there's less and less melody in, in game soundtracks now, but... You know, when you play like a lot of, especially a lot of indie games, and and of course, you know, shmup type games, that's that's the hook. You have to have the hooks in there because that's really all you're doing. There's no cinematics. There's no dialogue. Um, it's just music. So I think that's that's pretty cool. So yeah, and those games, I mean, I guess they're they're made to be picked up, and you you know, you got ten minutes, you play some of it. You know what I mean, and you get a nice little musical experience out of it real quickly because it's hooky and catchy, which is nice. Yeah. I mean, isn't that sort of the idea with those games? Like you're like, yeah, well, more or less it's, yeah, uh, it can, it can be as, uh, as long or as short as you want it to be. Like you can yeah. blast through the game in about a half an hour right. or you can dedicate yourself to finding, you know, the right score mechanics, uh, you know, s- just squeezing as, m- as many digits out of, uh, out of the system as you can, or finding that, that tiny little crack of safety within a, a swarm of 10,000 bullets. Right. So, uh, and, and you know, the, the one CC, the one credit clear is the ultimate objective of any shmup player. So that can sometimes take a decade or longer, especially in the case of Ikaruga. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but I think they, it'd be interesting to see, you know, because I guess I don't put that much time into my shmups lately. Um, <laughs> but, you know, to see how long that that music holds up for repeated listenings. You know what I mean? Whereas like a... A longer, you know, more subtle, less in your face soundtrack might you might get a little more mileage out of it in terms of, you know. Well, yes and no. I mean, uh, I, I've got a couple of ambience heavy tracks on my playlist, but uh, uh, you know, I've got I've got an awful lot of shmup soundtracks too. And that's not to say that I've got every track. I'm very choosy when it comes to the ones that I stick in my uh, in my iPod, but. Uh, but uh, there, there's a lot out there that uh, that sort of ekes to the the sort of feel that this particular uh, uh, selection that I've chosen here by Yosuke Yasui uh, delivers as well. Now this game, I mean, and I assume a lot of shmups in that genre are developed uh, on the east side, I guess, of the world. Uh, it's <laughs> yeah. an eastern game. Um, Very I mean, much so. Yeah. You know, 
I don't see a lot of these type of games in North America, but I think if I if we did, we'd see a very different soundtrack. You know, a soundtrack like this mm. just would not fly in North America. I mean, when I say that, I mean, you know, a North American developer would not hire a composer and say, write music like this. Uh, well, you know, that's not necessarily true. Although I'm talking about, uh, I'm thinking of a developer in the UK. Way Forward uh, has a composer by the name of Jake Kaufman. Okay. That really sort of has this style of uh, of music down, and his com- compositions are actually very popular. Now I'd be um, interested in, to hear his music because I feel like I don't know. I just feel like like North American composers have a certain tool set and you know sample library that mm-hmm. sounds more modern, whereas like Eastern composers like it's more of this retro sounding. And I'm not I'm not talking about indie indie, indie games because obviously a lot of indie games have that retro sound, but. Right or modern games. Yeah, but there's more of a reverence when they when they apply it. I feel like uh, okay. If anything, I feel like when the Eastern uh, development half does it, they're they're simply trying to expand upon it. Like let's not, we don't want to shake up the box too much, but let's just start unfolding more and more flats. Let's see how ma- how much fucking real estate we can get out of this box of music. So I see where you're coming right. from as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Well. Uh, we'd love to hear any of you guys, uh, if you guys were able to garner up some picks yet. Well, you know, I, this whole time I've been looking over at my shelf of video games trying to figure out uh, my top two. Are we doing one or just two? We're, or, we can do one just for okay, time well, constraints. This is going to be a fucking big episode. God, okay, well, <laughs> well, one is even harder then. Um, if you want to do two, man, do, do, do the one. Dude, choose what feels right in your heart. I'm the same way, though. I mean, once upon a time, I was asked to do my top, uh, my my favorite video game tune, and I had to narrow it down to five composers. So, oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're in the same boat, I think. Cool. All right. Well, I think the soundtrack of this generation that that has, um, I guess, stuck with me the most is is Mass Effect. Nice. Uh, both, Absolutely. I guess, really from all three games, but. More notably, from uh, Mass Effect One and Two, uh, those are, yeah, those tracks. I mean, you know, just very nostalgic for me. Love the game, love the series. I actually worked on Mass Effect Two, so uh, for me, that those pieces are, are, you know, when I hear them, it's like it's very iconic, and it's something that I think uh, will stick with me for a while. So, um, but in looking at my collection, I was, if I can just give a quick answer to the generation before this generation the xbox and ps2 my two picks would be beyond good and evil and shadow of the colossus but uh good choice uh, but that's shadow that's, of the colossus osc is ridiculous yeah that soundtrack is great so uh there are obviously other others i mean i just recently played tomb raider i thought that soundtrack from jason graves was fantastic um and he also did another one that i that really sticks with me and that's dead space um so those are those are some picks. Yeah, uh, funny enough that you mentioned it. Yeah, because uh, you know I felt like with Dead Space three there was a there's a heavy reliance on like the the violin screeching. I thought like that that there was a little bit more. Uh, there was just such a focus on on that component of uh, all, all the fucking ambient music that he was creating. But uh, yeah, his work with Tomb Raider especially. Like when you want to talk about urgency in in just completely immobilizing itself within 
within the context and the subtext of, of what you're fucking essentially writing a composition for like that that music never felt more appropriate and yet more memorable to uh, just everything I mean granted like later on you know you're you're kind of already stuck within like the fucking conventions of the game and that you know that's ultimately anybody who's really played the modern uh tomb raider will explain like oh yeah it, it kind of the game does kind of loses itself near the end and it just gets a little shitty but it's it's a fucking amazing experience overall there's certain moments where you know when you're in the cavern uh rescuing like i don't i don't want to really spoil the game too because we haven't really talked about like uh, narrative plot specific points but there are certain points that where the music really resonates with what you're doing so yeah that, that was actually uh, one of my picks recently too like I think a lot of the best compositions that we've seen within the last generation has definitely come out within the last two years and I mean it's fucking it's been like a seven year old goddamn generation but like the last two yeah. years man really fucking hit home for sure yeah well, uh, is there a specific track from Mass Effect that you'd like us to go ahead and highlight? Uh, let's um, <laughs> let's go with uh, Vigil. I think that's a that's a good track uh, to highlight as the theme of Mass Effect from Mass Effect One. Nice, it's a great pick. see like with vigil um i don't know that that's i think if anything we were talking about how music can can draw a certain amount of emotions or you know remains to be you know, kind of iconic i mean you guys if anything if anyone remembers anything about Mega Man 2 i mean the first thing that usually comes to mind is the music so of, of all people you guys all understand like the importance of how iconic music can be and you know where it was simply something that was underlaying during a function of navigation like oh, I'm, I'm gonna pick where I'm going next nothing really like stayed with you more other than like the sensation of traveling the galaxy than that fucking song so yeah it's definitely I would say the poster child for just like the complexity and fucking genius in that goddamn soundtrack yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty awesome I, I don't I don't get a chance to play a lot of games but 
that Mass Effect series, you know, a lot of a lot because Brian worked on it and because Josh was so fucking into it. Yeah, he's he's a huge <laughs> Uber fan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I get I get like I skim off the like two top two percent of Josh's video game playing. That's that's kind of how I pick games these days because he plays everything. I got time for nothing so <laughs> i'm like what was your favorite game in the last like two months <laughs> and for a, like two years straight it was mass effect and i think i think it was an amazing soundtrack i mean one of the few that you that you could just you know put it on pause and listen to you know it's really good the uh the theme for the what is it when you uh, when you're in the the galaxy map yeah, I can't remember the that the name of the track, but I've actually heard that theme not not the theme ripped off, but uh, an influence of that theme on the Science Channel. They use it all. There was like I don't know if it's how the universe works or one of those programs where it's like, oh my god, that sounds just like the map theme from Mass Effect. You know, I'm like, <laughs> so it's it's uh, it's cool to hear uh, video game music um, influencing other media. So. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always kind of, uh, like, I don't know, and, and that's kind of the stigma that's always been associated with video game media, just like we're fucking, I mean, we're in 2013, and, we, you know, with that expectation comes, you know, the evolution of technology and video games, and yet every goddamn movie you see has Pac-Man noises emanating from, like, the fucking profile right. of, of yeah, the like television. <laughs> Straight up Pac-Man Atari. Yeah. Yeah, that's not how they sound, buddy. <laughs> not, not anymore man it's been yeah. fucking it's been over 25 years um yep. but yeah you know what though hmm. there was one tv series that did it right and it was uh it was a series that had like simon Pegg and uh nick frost in it it's called spaced yeah uh, and Holy while shit. it ran oh, like so they good. had straight up resident evil and uh tekken and everything in in the show so nice. it, was, it was pretty awesome nice all right, Eric. I guess it's boiling down to you, buddy. Yeah, I guess. Well, let's let's just go back to what I was saying about um, skimming off of Josh's video games. So <laughs> the last game I played, I really, really enjoyed the music, uh, and I'm still actually working on it. But it's called Fez. Ah, uh, uh, yes. And um, and I think I mostly appreciated. I mean, the the compositions are really good, but the way the music worked in the game, just all the subtleties about you know, you go behind a building and you get the high pass filter and you go in a door and it just, it felt like such a cohesive experience. There's a particular track from that uh, soundtrack called Reflections. Yeah. I was going to pick that, Glitch or Death. I don't know. I like, I like most of the tracks, but. Yeah, see, that one actually inched out for my uh, other pick. Because, like I said, we've all gotten together and gotten some picks, but we're, we're, right. we're sharing them differently amongst all, all, all the collective of voices right. we have for this wonderful little special. But, um, yeah, see, the thing with Fez, too, is, uh, again, like, it just it operates on, on, like, this whole idea of deception. There's, like, such a minimalist world that you yeah. literally manipulate within one stroke... And, and in doing so, I feel like the the compositions kind of got that going on because again, it's 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 definitely a reverence towards you know chip tune and, and synth yeah. music, but then it's got like it's got a lot of instrumental licks in there that's just underlaying 
for that. I mean, there I, I can only imagine how many tracks are actually thrown together for the mixing of those uh, that music. Yeah, I mean, and the soundtrack, there's like almost 30, I think, 26 or something. So, who knows? Uh, Phil Fish did say, though, that in his announcement of the sequel, that they're getting the same dudes to do it. I don't remember who composed it. It was just like this... Uh... It's a band called Disaster Piece. Yep. Yeah. Oh, hey, they were featured in uh, an Indie Royale bundle recently. They're awesome. Yeah, they they are pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. What other fucking game have they done music for? I can't. Remember. They did music in uh, Runner Two, as a matter of fact, for the uh, the eight bit stations. Huh. Mm. That that actually makes a lot of sense. Again, this is one of those songs that really, really, really enhances the gameplay, and it's kind of hard to take out of context. But so if you're yeah. listening to it, going, what is this? You got it. But see, I feel like in C, you know, which kind of goes into the the whole reasoning behind doing a special like this is that video game music uh, works as a supplement in where, you know, I I understand your argument. Like, you know, it's really hard to to take this music out of the context of it supplementing the game. But I feel like if it's really good or if it can at least speak or be a testament to the quality of the game, that it works as an extension for example, oh, like yeah. Journey, like I yeah. play, you know, I, I understand that just from the sheer word of mouth and being involved in the video game culture by any means, you know, word of mouth is like one of the most powerful fucking sources of, of, of coaxing and and just general interest is, is the community itself in which you play and serve in. And, you know, there's never there, there's going to be moments where even that's not enough for a push, but like either seeing a glimpse of the game or hearing the game. Like just just the audible fucking relations that you can pull from experience at times, 
or even just play for someone, you'd be surprised. And and that's like that's kind of what I wanted to really exemplify within this within this particular episode. It's just like how certain music can be so powerful that it works as an extension. Then it goes above and beyond the game. It goes actually work to draw people into the game before the game even does that on its own. And I feel yeah. like Bez can really do that. Yeah, the soundtrack's really great. Uh, this whole time you've been uh, speaking, George, I've been playing the soundtrack. So <laughs> your explanation <laughs> of, the, of the song was was great as the song was actually playing. It was very poetic. Of these sweeping pads uh, it has a very, <laughs> very, very rich uh, analog sound, and I, I don't know what they're doing production-wise, but it sounds very, very good. Yeah, this is, it's like old-school retro style done in a very, very modern way, which I like. In C, yeah, the the chords that play there are pretty much unlike anything I've heard. Yeah, and see that, like I said, there there's something that kind of distinguishes itself. That's why you know, uh, people don't just say movie music or book music. I mean, when you when you say out loud video game music, I mean, there's an association that people draw a contrast from, and you know, that's kind of like with with us closing this particular section with you guys, you know, and, and fucking moving on. You know, we don't doesn't you know we might not have you guys on for much longer. A question I did want to relate to you guys. Uh, you know, in regards to that, and like, where do you personally want to see video game music going? I mean, you guys have basically based a very successful and very talented career within the works of your band off of like the inspirations and works of, of Mega Man. And, you know, now that we're in the year fucking quite literally 20XX, we, we are now moving forward into where video games are only becoming more and more involving. And in doing so, I mean, if, if it's really has any competition, I mean, video games are always brushed up against its other contemporary, which is fucking film, but basically uh, movies, motion pictures, and in the way its composition kind of like supplements like what it does. I mean, what do you guys want to see video game music basically go? Do you want to keep, you want to see it keep doing its thing? Do you think it has room to evolve? And if so, like where? If you don't mind my asking. I think, uh, yeah. Go ahead. I'm not prepared for that question. <laughs> I think video game music definitely has uh, the opportunity to evolve. And two ways that I think it can do that is uh, with budgets. And uh, I can't remember what the second one was. But let me just talk about budgets for a second. You know, film music is, you know, the pretty much the pinnacle of music production in media these days. Um you know, they have million dollar budgets just for music. And so you're going to get 100 piece orchestras, you're going to get the best singers, you're going to get the best, play, you know, musicians to perform on these. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the staff and the, the crew of people who actually produces music, I mean, it's, it's huge. So, you know, I don't think every video, well, I don't, I know that every video game doesn't get this sort of attention. So you end up getting, um, you know, composers who do the best they can with this you know lot sample libraries that they have um mm -hmm. you know i think one company in particular that is that is paving the way for the evolution of video game music is sony um i mean almost every one of their triple a title games if not all of them uh are use a live orchestra and they uh really spend money 
on their on their music budget. So uh, even a game like Last of Us, which is of course not orchestral, um, you know they their approach to video game music is uh, is very cinematic. So uh, so I think that's that's a good thing that what they're doing uh, with first party uh, Sony games. Um, and even even the the first party indie Sony games that that come out like um, uh, what is it uh, the Unfinished Swan and Journey uh, these are all games that you know they're downloadable indie games basically for uh, for Sony but they threw a ton of money at it and in terms of the music um, and you get you get what you you get what you pay for basically so there's a ton of developers out there and publishers that. You know, they look at the music budget and they're like, that's the first thing that gets cut. And it sucks because, you know, as a as a uh, as a professional that works in the industry and creates and programs music for for games, you know, you want to, like, have the best experience possible for the gamer. And and it's hard to do that with these limited budgets and you get the money and then and then it goes away and you're like, oh, you know, then you've got to you got to make it work, you know, and you can only go so far with that. But the second thing, uh, the way that I think games can evolve, game music can evolve, is through. Uh, God, I just had it, and now I just lost it. Uh, <laughs> mm. um, what the hell was I say? What was I saying? Um, oh, it's through uh, implementation. Uh, you know, Fez uh, is is a great example of that, where you know it's not just the music, but it's how it's implemented, and so. I think if more developers and audio programmers, audio directors can latch on to this ideal of implementing music in a creative way, in an adaptive way, and and for a lot of games even in an interactive way, um, that's going to, I think, evolve game music into a completely different plane versus where it has been, which is, of course, just a track looping while you fight bad dudes, or you know, just very incidental background music. Uh, I'd like to see more games uh, be more adaptive and more interactive. So, I love that well, you... Uh, well said. Yeah, I, my favorite part is when you're like, yeah, where you fight bad dudes, not dude dudes. Bad dudes. Are <laughs> <laughs> oh, you bad dudes? Yeah, just dudes. Fighting dudes. Dude dudes. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I couldn't set it better myself, honestly. Uh I think what it is is uh, when you when you try to go for that blockbuster presentation, that music isn't necessarily an afterthought, but uh, I, I feel like pretty, even development, like they just overestimate the stock in, in what it takes to really like compose like a fucking like a strong, memorable piece of music. And they feel like, you know, if they go off of what's correlating to the visuals and everything else, that music will, will be the easiest part to follow. And it's really not. I mean, there's a lot of thought and there's more, you know, music, even down to our fucking primal cores, it's homo sapiens. Like it instills more emotion out of us just just from fucking notes that are heard than, you know, something that you honestly see. I mean, that's why we have the saying, you know, music soothes the savage beast. It's it's a fucking very integral part of the, the entire uh, development. And yeah, it's really sad to see when it doesn't get the attention that it rightfully deserves. Yeah, agreed. Eric, but I think again, a lot of that's changing. So it's it's definitely evolving. It's definitely moving in the right direction. So I think uh, more and more game developers are uh, latching. They're they're getting it. They're like, oh, they see 
you know, all these games do well and they're doing well uh, in part because of the the soundtrack and the music and the composers that are attached to it. I think that's actually part of game marketing now is, okay, can we get, um, can we get Jack Wall? Can we get Austin Wintory? Can we get Jason Graves? Because if we can, that can be, that's a huge selling point, I think. You know, gamers are starting to know these guys. You're like, oh, you know, fucking Hans Zimmer music. Well, yeah, hey, yeah. Uh, Hans Zimmer did Modern Warfare too, right? So that's right. Well, he did the theme, yeah. So I don't know if he did the whole game, but a I lot think, of it. Yeah, yeah. I, be- I believe he did. He did more than that, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of different dudes, and even in like Last of Us, uh, I believe his name was Gustavo Sepulva. I'm not. Don't quote me on that just yet. But like that was that was just some uh, I don't even know what his prior work really was to that. They just you know there there's so many emerging faces like uh, yeah coming into the scene and yeah I I couldn't agree more. I think the cinematic emphasis is really what will fucking pull that. No, it's Gustavo Santiola. Yeah, I believe. he did. He nailed it. He nailed Last of Us. Soundtrack's great, and again, yeah. again, it's not just the music, but it's how it's implemented too. That the implementation was fantastic in that game, so you you automatically get a sense that there are bad dudes like in the area, and they know of your presence as soon as the music starts ramping up. And then when the music ramps down, you're like, okay, I'm safe. Uh, you know, but as soon as they detect you, boom, you hear the music ramp, and that's uh, that should be so. Yeah, his uh his previous works include Babel and Brokeback Mountain. All right. Oh, yeah, did, yeah, that is that, again, more you learn. Eric, I I got to I got to hear your sultry voice in on this. We got to weigh in on your your perspective on this topic well, before we let you go. Brian kind of I mean, I think that implementation was where I was going to go because, you know, music Music has always been, or Western music is always 12 notes. You know what I mean? There's, there's certain math 
that you use and you can make good songs and and i think what sets video games apart like brian was saying is is the way it interacts with what you're doing in the game and the way you can, can kind of control it or react to it and i think that's that's where people are really going to get creative and i think I, i'm excited to see what what happens sweet so. well we do thank you guys again for taking the time out of your busy recording schedule to fucking come on and fucking record this hoopty hoopty little podcast of ours. <laughs> sure. Oh, of course. And Thanks uh, for having us. Oh, dude. Yeah. No, we would. Pff, the megas. Speaking of which, for all all you dum dums who are listening, we're like, who the fuck are the megas? Fucking out. <laughs> <laughs> like, please, please enlighten the dum dums and make it to where they are no longer the dum dums. Please. Um. Well, the megas. Uh, you go to themegas.com or uh, check out History Repeating Blue on uh, iTunes or wherever you get your music. It's available. And I think it really speaks for itself. I think it's a good, uh, it's a good fucking album, if I don't say so myself. <laughs> I, I completely 100% wholeheartedly agree. Uh, you can find their website at the bottom of ours under our friends and uh, affiliates. Uh, check them out. They've also got their own little podcast that you guys should totally listen to that they uh, have fun recording. I'd, I'd like to think they do. Oh, but, yeah, we have we have fun. We just uh, we don't do it that often. So each episode is like three hours long. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like you get it's like every quarter. We, get, we yeah. do like four a year, you know, so yeah, we're about yeah, to kick yeah. off mega season. So we should. Yeah, we're, we're going to for another. There podcast. should be a new one coming up soon. Yeah. Yeah, until then, you guys should definitely check them out. Before we go uh, and split into our next interlude, I'm going to throw one last question. What what music, what song composed by the Megas should I use for this cut, you guys? I have no idea. I'm going to leave that up to you. I have all of your fucking CDs, so like, pick pick one of your favorites. Do you have uh, Do you have the remix uh, that Brian did of on Fly on a Dog single? I don't. Okay, so I have Flying a Dog. I have uh, History Repeated Blue. I have Get Acoustic, Get Equipped, and Megatainment. So I. Uh, fly, it's on Flying a Dog, isn't it? Am I tripping, Brian? The Flying a Dog single, yeah. Do you have. Yeah. Yeah, I have the Flying a Dog single. It's track on two, there. Buddy. It's track two. All right. It's a great one. It's and, jam. And, that, and that's what we're throwing out there, ladies yeah. and gents. Now, I, I will say this is a remix, so this isn't necessarily what the Megas sound like, but it's it's a wonderful composition by Brian DiDomenico that I, that I listen to all the time. It's great. It's a, it's called Just Another Machine. Yeah. A remix of Flying the Dog. Nice. All right. Cool. I love it when I love it when a couple dudes get together and we share the figurative flesh. So uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's go ahead and fucking zoom on in. Nice. Destroy the weapon 
So, if you guys uh, don't mind, I think I'm going to record the rest of the podcast now because it'd be appropriate. I was going to record the rest of the podcast with a boombox being held over my head the entire time. <laughs> and, I would uh, love that. That'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah it's just for you guys. So Gabriel playing. Oh, amazing. Fucking goddamn it. So, mm-hmm. so far, um, and I, it really, I still have a hard time pronouncing Sarah's, so we'll have Sarah pitch in his. We've got Fez, Reflections, Journey, Apotheosis, uh, then we have Mass Effects, Vigil, and then Sarah's Under Defeats. The way that brings an end. Yeah, but now we've got Andrew and James, and, Hi. uh, and we've got, we've got some more picks that we might drop. I don't know, some, some runners up. It, this is, again, this is a really hard thing to do. I know, Eric and Brian were sweating when we kind of sprung that on them. Mm-hmm. Um, Try to think it off the top of their head too. We've had a little bit of time to prepare. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, dude, totally. We uh, we we, th- I I I'd like to say that this is definitely a generation that's fucking rich for it, and I feel like it is only because there's this proper mix of of throwback music that that harkens back to the days of chiptune and synthesis and synthesized music, and then it's still like a, an era of modern orchestral music and and things that are fully composed with red book audio like it's a generation that's fucking got the best of everything so and the crazy thing is the generation that's still going yeah i mean that's the crazy thing that's like it's not done yet you know there's still more to come <laughs> i mean 2005 we... to present mm-hmm can we really say, like, uh, yeah, the, the 360 did come out in 2005. Holy yes, shit. It did. It really? Goddamn. 360 came out in 2005. It's I didn't realize it was that long. Years. Jesus. That's Remember insane. when the base yeah, big? Did the PSP come out? Oh, the PSP's over. Yeah. But uh, the DS came out in 2004, didn't it? Yep. And so, then the PSP came out in 2005, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, yeah, do you guys remember faceplates? Like, fucking, does anybody have <laughs> faceplates? I still anymore? have a bunch of mine sitting around, dude. Uh, I'm, I'm actually, in fact, using a wood veneered one on mine. Mm-hmm. Those are those are sharp. <laughs> I like that one. It's got the the front end of an Atari Twenty Six Hundred, um, yeah. and the back end of that uh, fat ass Three Sixty. You oh, know what I it, thought? It, I, I think the the most recent uh thing that was ever done with a faceplate was is when they released Death Smiles. That's it. That's the last time yep. I ever saw a fucking yep. faceplate. I that I have that one. Mm-hmm. I got that one too. I got that one. I have the one from Eternal Sonata. And nice. I have the Forza one. For, I think it was Forza 2, something like that. I think I have the Blue Dragon one. I don't know why I still have it. Also That'd awesome. be cool to have, yeah. We did design one with a, a fluorescent paint and make it look like a fucking upper playground art mess. I've got a mouse pad with boobs that came with Record of the Garrus War. <sighs> you would. Yeah. I have a camouflage skin on my PS2 Slim. Ugh, gross. <laughs> God, do you have you, a hatchet man fucking decal you, right you, next to it? You fago no. drinking hillbilly. Not, no, I don't wear my hatchet man necklace anymore. Oh God! If hey, I ever find you with one, I'm gonna choke shit. you with it. The whole time you guys have been talking shit about me drinking my fucking lime cucumber, I can totally picture James drinking some Mad Dog 2020 right now. Yeah, this me whole too. Time, yeah. There you go. Who's gross now? I was more of an arbor drinking, drinking, drinking fucking drinking fucking Cobra, man. Just Cobra. God damn. So, how hard was it for you guys, honestly, to fucking to really tap into this fucking to tap into this challenge? Not hard at all, 
honestly. No. For me, for me, there's been so much amazing music, but my my criteria, like, because I can only really pick, you know, essentially one or two. And I thought to myself, what music and game in, in this generation uh, was so profoundly, like, important to me or, or just, like, stayed with me for so long that, you know, it's a song that instantly, like, when you ask me that question, I have to have at least one song in my head. And it might not be the most popular song. It might not be the most well-remembered song. But for me personally, like, it's the first song I go to. And there's two of them. Um, the one, like, I actually, it was so amazing. The entire soundtrack was so amazing. Like, it's the only soundtrack I think I bought that was for a video game. Like, I spent my own money, you know, bought it. Um, didn't come with, like, a humble bundle or anything like that, you know? Like, it's actually, as soon as I bought, you know, as soon as I heard it, I bought it. Like, because the music actually was just as good, if not maybe even a little better than the game itself, which I know might get a little slack from from George because I know he loves this game in particular. But I feel like I like that soundtrack even more than the game itself. Like the game could not be as good without that soundtrack. I think that's what really makes you know great music and gaming. If the, if the game actually benefits from it and the game was maybe less of a you know remarkable experience if that music had not been a part of it, I think that's like uh, that's kind of the criteria you have to have for really good music. It has to be something that makes the experience better. And, and it stands alone, at, you know, even without, you know, being in the game. Like, it's, it's so removed from the game at that point that it's good just for being, you know, that that good song or that good soundtrack. Which not a lot of games can do. Like, I don't know, like, I know there's a lot of Mass Effect being thrown around, but I don't think I could really enjoy that soundtrack by itself, you know, without being in the game. Yeah, that was, a, that was actually a big point uh, when we mm-hmm. were talking with the Megas, is that uh, um, they were... Uh, very aware of the sort of context sensitive or or environment sensitivity that the music had where it wouldn't really work in any other context but in the gameplay at that specific time mm. But at the same time, I feel like, you know, 
all the criteria that you've listed to what really makes good video game music, I, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. However, I feel like when the music is an extension of the game to the point where like you can you can hear the music and like you can appreciate it on its own and yet hear the music and think of the game like it immediately brings back just like all of these warm fuzzy feelings and just appreciation just love for the game that that is an testament alone but when it's an extension of the game where it it's like it, it it's a beautiful piece of music alone and yet it also works to build the environment of the game and the music almost starts illustrating the context of itself and it just does that through feeling the same kind of feeling that you would associate with music that that to me is also like something that would really put into this but do you mind if i ask i don't know if you listed it and i wasn't listening what it was what is this hot lick that you were uh oh the one i'm referring to personally um it was uh build that wall from bastion yes because I'll, I'll be honest the soundtrack to that game i i love and enjoy even more than the game because i i love the game i thought the game was outstanding but I honestly have not gone back and really played the game over more than just my one playthrough, but I'll I'll consistently go back and listen to that soundtrack. Um, you know, even with the narration, which I think listening to it as a whole from like you know beginning to end is kind of different because you have the narration in between. Um, but you know, there's there's few songs that really stand. You know, like I'm like, oh man, that's an amazing song. But build that wall for me personally, just it, it's it's I, I like music that that's haunting in a good way. If that really makes any kind of sense, like it's it's almost so calm, so soft, but at the same time, like it just it gets into your head. And you can't get rid of that sound or that, you know, that 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 voice. Um, and I think the vocalist was uh, Ashley Barrett, if I'm not mistaken. Um, like, you know, it's, it's not something that maybe you know people that listen to just music outside of games and don't actually play games would really, you know, I guess. Uh, trying to think of the word like they they wouldn't really relate to it as well but like when you play the game and you get to that moment where her back's turned to you you know and you're kind of slowly approaching her and she's kind of calmly just doing her own thing and she's unaware that you're even really there like just something about that moment and that song it's it's calming but also at the same time kind of like you're not certain you're not really sure what you're getting yourself into what you're walking into um yeah i mean and, and then just listening to it afterwards after it's like so removed from the game and just you know part of my you know random rotation of music i'll listen to over and over it just it, it always gets me every time just like that feeling of you know not knowing it, it's kind of like it's kind of like a uh being afraid but being like you know really calm and, and and at peace at the same time it's it's really weird to describe like like trying to go through these emotions and things that you feel when you hear it but like that all comes back to me every time i hear that song hmm. and it's weird too because i guess i never really look into the lyrics that much but you know, it, it's the lyrics are kind of simplistic, really. But but it just it fits. It just, it just works, you know. But it it does have this. I don't know. I I feel like in in the melody in what it carries. And yeah, you're right. It's got a very haunting folk tune that mm. that definitely it it eeks and bellows like in in what you would consider like the fucking core of, of I don't know an association of like fucking orchestral music just the, the it, music honestly and, and and as i talk about the music i'm thinking now that's gonna probably you know get close to that or, or possibly trumpet right now is um uh, transistor oh probably transistor yeah absolutely but um, i was gonna say kentucky route zero huh because it has this like it has this bluegrass music that i'll play near the end of each episode 
Now, granted, at this point now, we've only played through two episodes of Kentucky Route Zero, but near the end of each episode, they'll play this really, like, like slow, you know, melodic bluegrass music, but as you hear it, it sounds like it's coming out of a really old, beat-up radio. And it's so weird how it incorporates it into the game. Like, it, it is the most haunting thing I've ever heard, but at the same time, like, it's, it's really beautiful in its own way. And it really translates, like, the, the mood that you should get out of something like Kentucky Route Zero. Like that, you know, that you're haunted by something and you don't know exactly what, and you kind of hear it in the background. You hear it, you know, it kind of goes, like, with the wind. Like, you, you hear a breeze in the, in the woods in episode two, and, like, on, on, you know, on that wind, you actually hear the, the bluegrass, and it kind of just travels. And, like, that, that to me, if they can get through all five episodes with that kind of in, in, in place each time, like, that for me will be something I'll remember. And I don't even know if it's real. It might be bluegrass they had just for the game. It might be an actual bluegrass song I don't know about. I'm not really into bluegrass, you know, outside of the game. But um, I think that one, like, I think it takes a lot from Bastion. It takes that incorporating music into the game in a way that, you know, it, it, it tells the story without actually having to put it out on the screen there for you. You just get that feeling, and that's what they want to actually, you know, imply to you through, through the music. And I think even then, like, uh, I have loved ones who have never played, like, you know, Bastion whatsoever. They, they, they see it and they, they're not compelled, but that, that music, it's, it's propelled them to go and look for it on iTunes and purchase yeah. the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, again, when, like, that's, that game, I feel like the music from that game is an amazing example of being able to carry an extension to where it's something that people can appreciate in a medium all of itself, as well as work towards hearkening, like, you know, just associating the game completely off of just hearing it. Because a game is a very... The, a video game, when you absorb it, the very first sense that it, it attacks beyond anything else is a visual before you even listen to it. And, you know, that... I don't want to say that to, to play fucking favorites over... I, you know, like, they're, they're, they're audio snobs or people who, <laughs> like, have to have their surround sound set up to the point where they, you know, if they don't have that sound set up just right, they can't be immersed. But in lieu of the, uh, the odds between those versus those who, who need to have the fidelity of a, of a visual setup that's fucking insane. I mean, they, I don't, I don't feel like they, you know, they're, they're neck and neck in terms of, like you know the chances of finding them are i feel like people are are much more visually oriented when they come to truly appreciating video games and in an audio sense like being able to see that carry over in, in transfer to an effect of where it it literally just b- 
brings reverence at, at the sound of a note or a chord being chimed to where you piece together the rest of it in your mind as you imagine yourself playing the game or imagine memories of doing so. That, like, that to me is what really speaks out uh, with music. Because, again, I mean, you, you can't really... I mean, you can say that with music with certain film. I mean, we talked about that, too. Like, film can harken that same sort of sensation, but not in the manner of video games, because video games has a sense of agency with, with interaction. So, and, and rhythm can be built beyond uh, behind that. So, it's fucking... I don't know. It's insane. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. And it's so cool when people can tap into that and actually know what they're doing. You know, it just... It kind of, I, I, I couldn't even honestly... I don't know, it's so, so like past me, you know what I mean? Like I, I couldn't even fathom doing something like that, incorporating it in that kind of way. But, hmm. All right, we we need we need another we need some more music, hmm? music. <laughs> That's more stronger. Well, should, should we actually put the title as the music episode? <laughs> yeah, I'm down. Sure, our okay. our music special. There we go. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right, James, please surprise me. I've got way too many that I can talk about. Like actually picking <laughs> picking just a couple because there's there's entire soundtracks that are amazing to me. Like everything. Um I mean you've got things like Portal Two and you've got things like like the like pretty much anything that the, the persona guys make is good. But uh I have to go off of something that, you know, when I was playing it or when the song was happening, I had this feeling, right? And I think one of like the most striking pieces of music of this generation for me would probably have to be Dovahkiin from Skyrim. Like when you're when you're running up and a dragon comes down and you're fighting that dragon, you blasting spells and swinging your sword, and that song is blaring at the top, and you got the guys like screaming, and it's like it just makes you feel like you're just a warrior in the middle of a giant battle. It just brings that feeling to you. And it's like one of the most perfect pieces of music like for a moment in a game I think that I may have ever experienced. I mean, there's songs that are good and there's songs that are just, you know, well-written and stuff. But that, that song, I will always remember that song probably for the rest of my life. That song is a great song. But see, like, you know, and it's not, again, like, I don't, I don't want to associate criteria I mean, we've talked about, like, criteria, but at the same time, like, this is, like, music is a very subjective form of media. I mean, you know, ultimately, I, c- I can show you clowns, like, things that fucking, just, like, the sheer brilliance behind the composition alone, like, you know, you may not appreciate it. I mean, I can't, I, I don't even know how I can honestly find a successful argument to convince you knuckleheads why vinyl is an amazing format over, like, fucking MP3 or what have you. And like what the needle truly does to fucking distinguish its sound, but I will ask, like, given the context that we talked about, like where video game music is is victim to the context in which it supplies, like, do you, do you see yourself like, can you can you show Dova King to somebody who who would never play Skyrim? I think that you could. I think I, that that is a, that that is a, a highly orchestrated, very well put together piece. I mean, that's like saying, could you show? Could you show like the soundtrack, like anything John Williams makes? Could you show them to anyone who's never seen the movies he's he's been a part of? And everything John Williams makes is great, well-written music. And I think Dovahkiin is one of those. I think I think most of that soundtrack is really well-written, but I think Dovahkiin, for one, is the best-written song in that soundtrack. Mm-hmm. 
and again, I mean, I agree. It's it's a really well put together song, and I, I can understand it, like eliciting a certain amount of emotion. Um, I don't know. It, I I like to think that like songs are also they're very they're to- they're completely constructed towards enforcing a, a certain emotion. And I definitely feel like there's a, I don't want to say the emotion in Dova King is one dimensional, but uh, at the same time, you know, I can't really go that far because I mean, you got to build that wall. It's, it's very haunting, very, you know, you can, you can associate a lot of melancholy towards that. There's not a lot of happy going on when you hear that song. So it's, uh, I don't know. I, I, I personally, I'm just surprised that, you know, out of, again, you're not wrong. I'm just surprised. Like, Fucking, I mean, it is a good song, though. I mean, anybody else want to chime in? I, I, I would say, also... I would, I would say, if it's your favorite song, and if you can't play it for somebody, you know, outside of the game, say, fuck them. I, I will also readily epic. admit, I will also readily admit that I have terrible taste in music, so I, I, I find things that I attach, yeah, that attach we, to yeah, personal. we figured that out already. <laughs> we, we, we found that out. <laughs> yeah, that's. I'm, You've been exposed, I, sir. I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for the day they release uh, what is a juggalo for um uh, the hey, DJ hero. ICP had a fucking like soundtrack for Backyard Wrestling too. So yes, once you did. Play no, that that's game, true. Yeah. Go, ugh. Ugh. Because my next song I'm gonna pick ugh. is 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 going to be a song that no one probably likes, but go I wow. I thoroughly enjoy it. Yes. Just. Ugh. God damn it. Oh, man. Like, I don't know. I, I'm not saying I didn't enjoy, the, like, the pick. It's just the pick caught me off guard. Um, But, I mean, I can, I can, like I said, it's not, this isn't some, this isn't a topic we can necessarily dissect as easily as we could and say the way I'm going to smash you on versus for Shenmue. However... I mean, mm. it, it is it, it is very subjective material that we, we we've got to understand like how it appealed to someone, and you've definitely you know you've made your case in point. Just like I said, I I don't want to associate criteria that that necessarily has to be followed. I just like to reference that criteria in in speaking towards a song, and I feel like it can, but like I don't know, that's just that's a fucking epic ass well, sound. Yeah, that that criteria I set for that song is is. Is for my is my own criteria. When I think of a song, like what makes a great song in a game, is is it's something that when you're playing that game, it makes you feel like you're in that world. It makes you basically like you're you're not paying attention to anything else that's going on around you because the song or the music is bringing you in. That's why I mean this isn't this generation. This is a a while ago. Chrono Trigger will always have my favorite soundtrack oh, of man. any game ever. It has one of the most the best soundtracks ever put into a video game. And and if we were talking about best soundtracks, best songs ever, I can pick three songs off that soundtrack, which are I love more than anything else. At, like ever released. And I know that it's you know it's weird because it's from Super Nintendo, but I have so many emotional ties to that game and the soundtrack. That's the first soundtrack for a video game I ever bought was a Chrono Trigger soundtrack. Hmm. That's legit. Yeah, very legit. <laughs> Quite legit. Quite legit. Quite. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, see here. Bully. Ooh, shall you say we settle this with a game of quartz parchment and shears? Oh, good show. Wow, that was really a little much. 
I don't know what that's from. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, now that's superflu- superfluous. Mm-hmm. That should be the next voice for your campaign. Yes, it should James. be. I'll, I'll, right, I'll cool. keep that in mind. Good. So, so uh, it's come you down had, to you, dog. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I hope this isn't like a you know a climactic thing. I hope we have something after this, but. Um, I've got a couple song, more I can put yeah, in. Yeah, so. go go for it. Well, let, let me do mine, then do yours, because you'll probably end on a better note than mine, because like, Bastion was kind of like my... That, that, was like, that was like my main one. That was like my you know my best hand. Um, but if I had to pick another song, this is a personal one, just because I... It, like In this generation, it's like the song that makes me love the game. Like, like the game's music almost forgives everything else about it, and I, I haven't really gotten that far in the game, which really sucks. So I keep on telling myself I'm going to play through and beat it. But as long as this music plays when I go into battle, I don't care if I never get like, you know, through the next battle. Like, I really don't. As long as that music always starts when I do get into a fight, it, it makes me want the game and keep the game forever. Um, and, and James can attest to this. If I don't trade in something, it's probably because it's, you know, there's something there I, I have to have it for. So I'll trade in almost everything I own at this point. I really I really will. Um, uh, it's uh, Blinded by Light from Final Fantasy 13, And I would assume probably... It's probably 13.2, but I don't know because I haven't gotten to 13.2 yet because I still haven't beat 13. <laughs> but but it, it, it's 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 just something about it. Like the way it starts, you know, it kind of builds up, you know, and then when it gets into the moment where, you know, I'm not really musically inclined, so I don't know like exactly what's going on in the song. I just know that when I'm listening to it, when I'm in a battle, it, it makes me feel like, you know, that like kind of like your moment in, in Skyrim. Like you feel like you can, you know, pretty much you know, take on anything that's put in front of you. It doesn't matter what it is. And now to this day that that music just resonates with me. It really does. Like it's, it's very uplifting to me personally. And I, I think, I think that's why I can say, honestly, it's very uplifting. Like I feel like, you know, when, when that music hits and when it kind of builds and builds and gets to this moment, you know, and then it just makes me feel like I can accomplish anything. And it just, it, it's just very driving in the battle.
You know, I mean, I, I think I think all RPGs should have that kind of song. Like when you go into a battle, you should have that music that just makes you like you know, want to take on anything that gets put in your path. And and for me, that song's that. And like I I, I almost I almost incorporate that song into everything in my life. Like you know, it's it's like my ringtone, and it's you know it, it's on my you know iPod, and just all these things. But it's just very uplifting. Um, and I I don't want to go off the, on. That's the main battle theme, is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's an awesome song. It's amazing. It's outstanding. And, and honestly, I guess you know, for me personally, I can't really compare it to a lot of other Final Fantasy soundtracks. I just haven't played a lot of Final Fantasy games. I'm sure there's probably other songs that are maybe more memorable, you know, especially from like older Final Fantasy games or. You know, people probably have a lot of, you know, love and admiration for songs from like 7 or 8, you know, maybe even the older Final Fantasies. But for me personally, like 13 is one of the few games I've actually kind of tried to play through. Um, and, and just it really, just something that really just uplifts me. And I kind of want to make a comparison. And, and, and like, say, I don't want to, you know, give you the, the, the fellatio on, on podcast, but I'm, if you'll indulge me for a moment. Um, uh, Go ahead. Uh, well, okay, it's, it's one of your songs, um, which it sucks I don't have the title pulled up because I should know it already. I think it's is it it's off your first album that you released for sale. Um, it's track number five, I think. Track five. I don't even know what that is. Just give me a See, second. See, I know. I listen to it all the time, and I honestly cannot remember for life of me what the actual title is. It's like these... Uh... It's Here these something. Oh, these words. These words. Thank you. Are like, those, words. My yeah, those words. I got it. I knew it was something with words. Like there's moments in that song where it gets very uplifting. I knew it was I, something with words. Something with words Damn. in it. Yeah. Damn words. Literally. But, you know, it has this uplifting moment where I think I was telling Sarah when I first got the album, I was listening to it. Like, I do feel like I'm kind of like in flight. You know, it, it's it's uplifting to the point where I feel like I'm kind of soaring, you know, as I listen to the music and and. It's hard for me to describe, you know, how I feel when I listen to music, but that's like my first like sense that I get, you know, when I listen to that song. I feel like I'm very, you know, like it's very, I guess, uh, appropriate, you know, for like kind of the tone and and kind of what you're trying to accomplish in the song. I think you kind of said that was kind of your, you know, you've, you haven't you've heard that before. Like something that you've actually heard once before someone describing that same song. And and for me, like, you know, Blinded by Light from Final Fantasy 13 and that song, they have the similar appeal to me. And that's why I enjoy them so much. Like it's very uplifting for me. It's very inspiring. You know, I, I listen to that, and I'm 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 not sluggish. I'm not, you know, just sitting around and not doing anything. Like I, I want to get up. I want to move. I want to do something. You know, it, it's very motivational music. So, um, I don't know. If you feel like you need to get a jump start to your day, I'd say just put those two tracks on, and you're good to go. Shit, man. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. There you go. Let's toss. And, we toss some of that music goodness in there. Yeah, and you should buy that album too. Just saying. <laughs> it's actually only four dollars. Come on now. All right, Sarah. Um, <laughs> I actually had to struggle a lot with my second picks. Uh, I really want to tell uh, talk about one of them, but I want to mention both of them if that's fair at all. Go for um, it. But before I get into that, did you did you want to hop in on this little? Oh yeah, might as well. Uh, when we were talking with the Megas, uh, you might have heard me say the uh, the name Jake Kaufman, and uh, at the time I didn't actually have anything on my iPod by him. But uh, this time around, I've loaded up a couple of tracks from Mighty Swish Force, um, which was also done by Jake Kaufman. He's the the main composer for Way Forward, so anything that they do, like Double Dragon Neon, for example, uh, Shantae. Uh, 
any any of the mighty games so like mighty milky way mighty switch force mighty flip champs uh and of course their newest one was just released mighty switch mighty switch force 2 was just released as well but um he has this really funky style that he sort of uh, changes up with every one of his osts so they've all got their their own unique flavor and if you'd like i can play a bit of it right now So there you have it. There's some Jake Kaufman for you. Catchy. And uh, that those really were the uh, couple of that's tracks from uh, Mighty Switch Force, actually. 
That's some toe tapping shit right there. I tell you what, isn't it? I I was gonna buy that on 3ds like pre recommendation, but <laughs> like like hearing that now, that just fucking seals the deal. Yeah, and you can actually buy a soundtrack for a buck. So That's, yeah, he uh, he has all of his well stuff available it. on uh, Bandcamp, and I remember yep. like Double Dragon Neon is quite honestly one of the really awesome choices. No, no, uh, it truly is, especially the second stage, man, definitely. Yeah, fucking um. The song, for example, that introduced this uh, this entire episode, uh, "Neon Jungle," uh, is I don't know. It's it's definitely been like one of the most frequently played things that I, I've been playing since Sarah uh, was talking to me about the soundtrack, and I've been trying to play Neon. And yeah, if if you want to talk about like soaked in eighty sweat, fucking leg warmers, Rubik's cube, Neon, fucking ecstasy dance floor. It's- it's basically like grinding up a mixtape from the 80s and snorting it. It really is. <laughs> Jesus. Just like the 80s. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, you know, it, I'd, I'd like to see what he would do as far as a composer for like, uh, not to say like, I don't want to take away from any of the smaller games, but I kind of want to see what he does on a bigger scale. See like, you know, what, what kind of comes out of that. Um, See, for me, uh, this one was really a bit difficult, but I have to say that this song elicited just a lot more emotion and response out of me, but I do want to mention the one that like, I really had a hard time choosing between. Um, uh, Gustavo Santaola, who did the composition for The Last of Us, which I mean, we talked about it earlier with the Megas, um, it like just hearing this man i mean and even then like the movies themselves like they they are definitely significant in in like the niche sort of demographic that they would cater to but still like manage to remain landmark movies in some aspect nonetheless like they some of them wouldn't even be box office successes i would believe i think one of them is but i mean the man who did the soundtrack for babel and brokeback mountain and then you and you take this man who's never done anything in the video game realm before and just like the twangs and the fucking the scene. I don't know, just some of the riffs and just like the haunting folk music, the stuff that like he, Andrew was comparing Kentucky Route Zero to. And there's a particular track that I feel like really culminates just like. I would say like the entire feeling that The Last of Us instills like this uneasy comfort and beauty of what's around you and just like the calm like the, the constant threat of just like I don't know it, it, it just has a beautiful juxtaposition of melancholy and happiness just thrown in this really sad fucking mashed potato ball of emotion um, and that would be Path
one of the songs you hear near the end of the game in in, in the in the context of the game itself in which that that song serves is even fucking more powerful it's tear jerking um but even hearing it on its own it, it's definitely got a very powerful strum that i highly recommend but the song that won out for me uh other than apotheosis um uh, is uh and funny enough it's it, it in my opinion it's got one of the best soundtracks i've played in in years over six years but the game itself though i love it and i enjoy it for the story and and what it does is either really obscure to most people or most people fucking hate it. In fact, uh, I, I still believe that Justin McElroy gave it like one of the shittiest reviews ever. Um, and if you guys don't get that reference, I'll just spill the beans. Uh, this song is from Nier, uh, which was a Japanese developed game uh, published by Square Enix. It was that hack and slash one that had like yeah, the terrible box art. Uh, developed by Caviar. Oh, yeah. I heard the game wasn't terrible, but it was just like meh. I think it's better than meh. It's really good. I actually recommend and I recommend it for anybody. And uh, I've actually got it. I, I haven't played it yet, though. You it's need still to sealed. Play it. It's yeah. really good. I mean, it like I love games that build an atmosphere in a world, and this game definitely does this. And the track that like enforces this this feeling is uh, Hills of the Radiant Wind. some nice underlying strings to it. Mm-hmm. Alright, let me know when you guys are finished. It has like almost a uh, like kind of Celtic kind of sound to it. Yeah, and see that I, I, I kind of got that vibe too because it, mm-hmm. again, it's really orchestrated around the world itself and there's this like there's this sense of like exotic like there, there's I don't know. There, it has like this uh, exotic appeal, and the fact that like the world itself is it has like a very like innocent look to it, but it's filled with monsters and danger and constant threat that most people you know barricade themselves within the village, and you know only the bravest of people set out. And anytime you're on that pasture, like it, every every step you take is an adventure. It's, it's every moment. He's like a, a passing by of like a constant fucking heroism that can, that would need to be taken, whether it's somebody that needs to be fished out of the lake or 
or you know goblins just attacking like there there's a there's a very powerful an association of it in, in the context of its game but even outside of that uh, it's a game it's a it's a song that really moves you like yes, every, once every, those once those vocals kick in eh yeah when, like it's it's just got a it's got a lot of hooks that that kind of give you this confidence to to just look straight ahead just keep on keeping on not to be so fucking blasé about it, but I mean, it it it's, it ha- it it appeals to one of the the simpler motions of advancement, like one of those instincts in all men and women who just want to fucking you know stand up above and then go on and have some sort of rhythm to like what they're doing. I feel like that song really really carries that theme. I mean the the whole the whole soundtrack is like fucking mm-hmm. it's it's absolutely amazing but this song stands bar none stands above in the rest and I I would definitely say would define what you would come to expect out of the uh, soundtrack and just fuck man it's just done so well absolutely should try that game you yeah you you really should I mean I think I will. There, there are some points where the game doesn't have the best uh, exposition uh, towards what you got to do because it's, it's really weird. It's an open world game, but it's also a has a lot of simulation aspects because even though you're doing a lot of open world quests, you're doing all the side stuff where you're raising the resources of a village, and mm. like, funny enough, like I said, I don't like Animal Crossing, but um, I, you know what? I don't like uh, Harvest Moon, but I love Rune Factory. Because Rune Factory is just Harvest Moon, but with monsters and dungeons. And fucking, like, yeah, you get to do less. that on the side. Yeah, you get to do that on the side while you're doing all the other shit. And Nier kind of has uh, the same similarity, in, in a sense. Except it's got a lot more going on. I will say that there are fucking moments to where the game is very traditional in its design. And it's Japanese as shit. To where mm. some people may not uh, appreciate it. But I don't know. I, I really do. I think... Uh, there's a particular moment at the end of the game that speaks in context to what's going on narratively and what it mechanically does to your game that is so fucking beautiful and I, and I can't spoil it, but it's, it's like it explores a lot of territories that I feel that most modern games were afraid to do and from shitty marketing to just like I would say a, a slow burn of a of an intro because the intro it's like brutal legend man it, it you think you're getting yourself into some kind of game it has like a very warriors orochi fucking intro and then it ends up being so much more and that's like brutal legend a fucking demo as well as any other you know playthrough that it had before the final product that had you thinking eddie riggs was just in this hack and slash yeah and, it and it's out, like what rts yeah rts mm-hmm. and then there you go it's, it's definitely got that same kind of deceptive nature behind it but it, it's really good. Um, I think as well, we, we've always talked about like organic moral decisions and choices like that don't have like these gamey conventions like where it illustrates like make this blue decision, you get the blue. Make this red decision, you get the red outcome. Um, you're asked to make decisions and literally you have no idea what kind of impact they really will have and the game does a really good job of like seamlessly applying them and there's like six to seven endings to that game hmm. yeah it's Crazy. really like the game's nice. brilliant 
Yeah. I, I recommend everybody who owns it. And, like, dude, you can get it for less than 10 bucks at the store that shall not be named or any other fucking used, used game sundries. So I, you know, went off on that. But, man, yeah, that, that, that Muzak. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of Muzak, uh, I just kind of want to touch back on uh, the first guy that we spoke with uh, or spoke about with the, uh, the Megas, uh, Yosuke Yasui. Who did, of course, the uh, the tune that we heard earlier from Under Defeat HD? Uh, he was also the guy behind a game called Eskatos, which was developed in Japan for the Xbox 360 in 2011. Um, and it's a vertical style shoot 'em up. In fact, uh, Bullet Heaven on Bullet Heaven, I gave it a perfect score because it just has insanely addictive hooks in its gameplay and scoring. Uh, but Yosuke Asui did some pretty awesome stuff with the soundtrack in that game and um, I think the biggest thing about it is that you know when when people think of chip tunes right they often think uh, of the NES sound set or the Game Boy sound set you know that that very sort of um, uh, ubiquitous square wave or sawtooth wave um, synthesized sound that came from like early 8-bit 8 8-bit devices but uh, not too many people think of the Genesis's um, sound engine, right? Which was uh, a Yamaha-based synth engine. And uh, what Yosuke Asui did in Eskatos was pretty amazing stuff because he basically made it sound like a, a high-definition version of a Mega Drive. It sounds like Street Fighter to me. Like, that's the first instinct I was like, <laughs> oh, sounds, shit. Sounds very Genesis-y. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's Mega Drive, done. yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. It, it, that, that's intentional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I thought uh, I thought that was a really nice touch that uh, that he used uh, the same sort of Yamaha synth as was found in the Mega Drive, but just on a, like a higher bit rate. I, you know, in like Anamanaguchi uh, has been doing that lately, and I can't remember what else. But they're using like Power Pack to real like uh, NES MDI uh, MIDI fucking tools, and just being able to like construct fucking uh original scores and then like twist and use them and then enhance them but still deliver like that that old feeling like i don't know that's a that's definitely an accomplishment and and and, and i don't you know i think though like personally i i appreciate that song i just i will say i will give it the nod that that song has a depth that not everyone will understand. And the fact that it has a hidden depth that people will appreciate on a level that no one else will, I mean, speaks towards the brilliance of it. 
Because you know you can hear a tune, just fucking hum it. But when you when you hear those underlying beats and that and that fucking those synth drops, and then hear them in conjunction being underlaid, which sounds like fucking three hook tracks, more like fucking yep. eleven layered. <laughs> yeah, it's it's intense, and being able to dissect that and pick that apart definitely speaks magnitudes of the the quality of the music. The good news is that that work was actually continued in uh, in these guys' newest game, which was called Ginga Force. It was released in April of this year, in fact. So same composer, same sort of Yamaha uh, synthesizer uh, composition, but with a whole new game. So I'm really looking forward to getting that once I get a chance. Anybody else got some music they want to drop? Fucking drippity drop? I've got a couple... I would be yelled at if I did not do my phone-in for my wife, Dana, for her song of choice. Probably her favorite song of this generation, really. And it's another Mass Effect 2 song, but it is a different one. It is Suicide Mission. The la- Basically, the song that, that plays like right as you're flying towards the last mission, pretty much. It's it's got it's got some nice swells in it. It's got I mean I can understand why she loves it. It's it's a great it's one of the best songs I think on the Mass Effect 2 soundtrack. And she uh, after she played Mass Effect 2 for the first time, she would have that on her phone in her playlist at all times and would listen to it regularly. Uh, you know, it, it, with with everything going on uh, during that scene, I mean, not to say, not to speak any light of the music, I just, I don't know, I, man, I really got to go back, like, I'm like hearing it now in my head and going back and just listening to it. Yeah, it, it's a shame. Like, it's so good. I mean, it definitely enforces the context, but yeah, it's really good. It's a shame. Like, you don't hear, like, you hear a lot of people talk about Vigil or like, you know some of what what you would consider to be the trademarks of the orchestra and it's you know these are one of those songs that i feel like it glossed over mm-hmm. 
yeah, no, it's... Suicide Mission is a very, very well put together song, and it's got a lot of great swells in it. It fit, it fit, it, it, it serves a mood uh, that fits the end of Mass Effect 2. I mean, look at the fucking name of the song. The name of the song is Suicide Mission. Yeah. You know what you're heading towards, so... Um, and I've got a... Uh, I'll just... Because I've been, like, thinking back and forth, like, what stupid pop crap do I want to go out on? Because... Uh, when I... I like video game songs that stick in my head for a long time. Again, referring back to uh, Chrono Trigger, Frog's theme, I still whistle on a daily basis. Uh, and, but, like, I think I'm going to have to pick out of all four of the songs I've got in my head right now, I think I'm going to have to pick, a, it's a song by Skrillex that was made specifically for a video game. And it started my downfall into dubstep music. But it's actually a legitimately good dubstep song. Is it Reptile? No, it's Syndicate. The name of the song is Syndicate. Oh. So you did Reptile. That was for the soundtrack for like the Mortal Kombat like complete edition or complete collection or whatever. So he did that that dubstep song for the trailer for Syndicate. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. It's a sweet oh. Song. Huh. And it, that it was a very really good song. And and, and it. Uh, I, I never played Syndicate. I never played the game. <laughs> I've heard it's a decent game, but I love that fucking song. Mm-hmm. And it started my fucking downfall into where I listen to fucking Skrillex all the fucking time. I love Skrillex. I'm not afraid. To, I'm not afraid to say it. Damn it. Well, you do like ICP, so I guess we kind of figured that was coming, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I like listening to my washing machine, too. Jimmy? I kind of remember Skrillex when he was Sunny, and he was the lead singer from first to last. So Yeah, uh, that, hey, yeah, right? Actually, yeah. that wasn't too bad. It, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it hasn't. if you go back and listen to from first to last, that shit has not aged. No, well. no. That, that, that one song they're really well known for wasn't too bad, though. Uh, Emily? Yeah. I think yeah, it's that, one's, that one's pretty good. Can yeah. we go out? Can we go out on a shitty pop song from a Japanese video game? <laughs> yeah, wait. Well, well, hold on. Can we get Can we get Andrew in on it? No, I need... I think I'm all tapped out. I just came up thinking of ICP dubstep and it just makes me really mad. Son of a bitch. <laughs> all right. Well, let's go ahead and tap out to the episode end. What's a somebody throw something out at me to ring a go... bell? Ring a bell. Ring a bell. From. From Tales of Vesperia. Oh, okay.
All right, you guys. We just listened with you guys. We listened to ourselves talking and whatnot, but we listened to a lot of awesome music that we shared. Uh, and, you know, it, I'm really glad we got together to put together this massive show. Uh, this will definitely be our fucking biggest podcast. show. Yes, this is going to be like a four-hour podcast. The biggest know, we one since just... the Mass Effect fucking games club. Uh, yeah, yeah, should we part it? I don't know, man. <laughs> nah, fuck it. Let's, uh... <laughs> It, it'll it'll be a it'll be a nice little fucking road trip companion for all of you get, guys. Get ready for hefty downloads, everyone. <laughs> yup. And speaking of the heft, man, keep up heft up on some of them reviews because we got we got some new ones and that was nice. But yeah, rate and review us on uh on iTunes. Definitely definitely got to get in on that. And because of that, we get more exposure and we appreciate it. You can also check us out on Stitcher. You can follow us on Twitter, and you can uh, fan us on Facebook, where you can catch updates and links to our website, where we do editorial. We're doing reviews. Me and Sarah are gonna do a new fucking play play soon. I'm gonna do a new That's limelight. True. We're gonna we're got we got some shit going on. Uh, me and James have this versus feature. You get to watch me smear him with fucking vowels and conjunctions. It'd be awesome. And uh, yeah. There's got there's a lot coming up. We've got um, more. We got a lot of reviews. June, holy shit, man. Yeah. June, June had more games in it than I thought. And I have a super late review of Remember Me that's uh, going up. I didn't talk a lot about Remember Me, but um, uh, really good fiction, fucking really flawed gameplay. And yeah, I mean you'll read more about it in that. But um, Sarah's keeping yeah. Bullet Heaven strong. We got meanwhile on the Sarah side, yeah. I got a review of the uh, augmented edition of Deus Ex coming up, as well as uh, my full take on Project Cross Zone, uh, Thunder Wolves, which was which I was stoked for, and why you shouldn't be, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and of course much more Bullet Heaven. We're working on our final seven episodes of the season right now. Uh, we've got a review right now in from Rock and Android, so everything's been put on hold for that one. Uh, then we've got a review coming in from UFO Interactive. Um, and I've got nearly 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. So, hey, if you want to push me up to 1,000, you might be in the running for a uh, an upcoming release, which is coming out on the 16th, which I'm keeping to myself. But you'll see then because that's what I'm covering on Bullet Heaven. And then finally this summer, the Boundless Shooting Block, in which I take a look at five region-free games. There you go. And man, dude, dude never sleeps, man. Pretty much, I fucking, I kind of, I kind of envy <laughs> on it, on it, strength. man. It's but, that uh, speed, dude. Um, I will say this though, uh, we haven't had a lot of vintage play, uh, if any at all. I don't know if that's getting retired, but um, James is gonna bring a new sister podcast to the Press Pod Radio site. Gonna talk about it a little, give, give it, give us some, uh, some. Mm. On it, James. Give some oomph on it. Grab your bags of dice, motherfuckers, because we're going to... It's a podcast called Critical Fail, where we play D&D sometimes and talk about random bullshit. Most of the time. <laughs> Most of the time. Yeah we, yeah, we basically talk about random bullshit with maybe some Pathfinder mixed in a little bit. We've got a bunch of episodes in the pipe. They're, just gonna, they're coming out soon. Yeah, and so you guys uh, get to fucking... You guys get to get in on that, because... Uh, you know, video games and tabletop games. Oh my! You thought this—you thought this show was terrible, man. It gets a lot worse. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, no, PPR is may not be the best, but uh pretty sure it is definitely a greater than sign than whatever we expect to fucking come out of critical <laughs> fail. Yeah. Pretty much the, the title is appropriate. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll definitely check that out, but until then, I don't know, any more house cleaning? Got some more house cleaning fucking do for forums. Oh, we're gone. We're fucking uh, is it too early to talk about? It's not too early to talk about. Um, me, Andrew, and Sean, we've been confirmed. We're going, we're going to PAX. Yep. So, yep. Uh, just, just gotta get my fucking flight together. I know, I gotta <laughs> buy my ticket tonight, actually. I was gonna do that. Tonight or tomorrow, I gotta buy my flight. It's gonna be yeah. interesting. I hear, I hear, uh, I hear, uh, Seattle can be kind of crazy. Yeah, but we're gonna get kind of crazy with it all up together. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, when you got two guys going down the uh, the convention center under the skylight, saying "Push it to Birkin all the time. Oh God, yeah, pretty much. No, dude, we might just, not come back. It's hilarious. We're, we're just we're just youting, youting, yout. That's <laughs> yeah. yelling. So it's like yodeling. <laughs> yeah, yelling, shouting, and yodeling. You're just youting out, youting. It's all uh, combined. Street Fighter noise. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, other than that. I guess that's all the house cleaning I've got. Uh, any, anybody else got some fucking words to share? Nope, I'm gonna go get some bells. I'll see y'all later. Fucking goddamn it. This has been Georgia Boy's Axe. Toast, I like the fish. The original share, and I like to shoot. I'm James, and I roll dice, motherfucker. Juggalos for life. God Son of a bitch. Shut him down. <laughs> <laughs> canceled. That show's canceled even before it comes out. <laughs> <laughs>